Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, the uh, last episode with all three of us before the end of the year, so we're beginning to close out 2022 with you, the listener. That was nice, right? Um... Miles, you're you're the one who's uh, leaving us for a little bit. Say hi. Hi, the listener, and hi, Joey and Steve. It's so good to be here at the end of 2022. Recorded in the middle of December. Uh, but they don't need to know that. Even though, actually, this episode's coming out in order. Um, but yeah, Miles has to uh, go, like, see family and junk. I don't know. Um, fancy that. Total so junk. we're going to... Uh, I know. We're going to uh, have in the next... Was it two weeks? Right, we have two weeks more to, of episodes. We're gonna do a uh, another interview episode. You guys seem to like that one. Also, we've had some pretty big interviews recently, and should have more. And then uh, Steve and I will hold down the fort at the end of the year for something. We'll we'll figure out something fun. It'll just be Steve doing voices. All the voices you missed from uh, Sugar and Spicy. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. I mean, listen. I had Boogie had Boogie Nights on earlier, and Heather Graham's in it, and. I can't not say Heather Graham Cracker in my head when I see her. What have we done? Oh, so much. Steve, how's it going? It's going slow. Slow and steady. When's the race? Yeah, I I got my booster, so my brain is going in reverse at times, and then uh, fast forward at others. But you won't have COVID, so there you go. Yeah, that's that's uh, the big thing. That is is probably uh, the most noteworthy thing we can have here. So, today we're going to look at some of the precursors that have happened recently um, through the lens of what I told everyone earlier in the week, which is stop making grand declarations about what's in and out. It's none of this really matters yet um, because none of this really matters yet. We'll still we'll talk about it because it's something to talk about, but I, uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't go in for the like live reactions to the golden globe nominations thing that like i know some people like to do and and good on them but it's i don't know it feels more meaningless than something that maybe like has a crossover could just be me not caring about the globes i never have but i don't know it it doesn't seem like the most essential thing beyond if you have a personal stake in someone or something getting nominated everywhere all at once perhaps haha yes um (laughs) we uh talk a little bit more about avatar before we can uh do the full chat once everyone's seen it uh, everyone's seen a couple of things and we have some questions so it's a nice uh variety let me ask the uh both of you would you rather do all the precursors at once and be like deep into awards chatter or spread them out throughout uh, the other stuff we're talking about um yeah what steve said I didn't hear what he said. I only heard what you said, which was, yeah. (laughs) All at once, sir. All at once. All right. Let's kick off with that then. We had, so the the critics groups, um, I'm going to just focus on critics choice for those because you can't take anything from an individual critics group, but broad strokes, a couple of things seem to be doing well. A lot of everything everywhere all at once, love, a lot of attention for tar, Mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature. You know, that's... Not like wholly unexpected. It was never going to be, 
you know, if it ends up being Fableman's at the end of the day, it was never going to be Fableman's, like, with the critics groups just taking all the wins. Though it has shown up, I think, on every list. Beyond, like, some of the smaller ones I just haven't paid attention to. Um, we have the closest thing I would say to a front runner in any of the categories with Best Supporting Actor. Miles, we were talking about that last week. Yep. Nothing has changed. Nope, not even a little <laughs> um, bit. He's very much front and center, Mr. Kihi Kwan. Yes. And, and things can still change. I think uh, the biggest danger there would be how uh, well like the Banshees of Anishirin seems to be doing. How, how, how well liked it is and how well it seems to be doing. Sorry, that was two thoughts separated. Um, there's a world in which maybe Brendan Gleeson or Barry Keogh, um can do it. Though, ironically, it becomes more and more likely that they both get nominated, which makes it more likely that they neither one can win. That's what I would say. If they both get nominated, then they're both staying. I don't think Keegan has a chance to win. Gleason definitely could. But it's, I mean, this is what I say all season, every season. It's all about the competition. So yeah. depending on how that category stacks up, as with all of these, will sort of depend on who then has the most traction. Oh, yeah. You mostly notice at the moment who's not getting the attention. And then again, going back to that article, doesn't matter. Doesn't mean they're getting nominated. Doesn't mean they're not. Doesn't mean they can't win. But you do notice the early signs of trends. And if they continue, then it then it matters. Um, for example, the uh, the cast of women talking sort of underperforming a little bit, especially Ben Wishaw. Uh, that that doesn't seem like it's happening at the moment. If you want to extrapolate, just because it seems like maybe people at the festivals ex- ex- extrapolated on his chances by, as opposed to what it would normally be. I don't know. I I, th- I still think he's great in that movie. Um, just like you know, Brendan Fraser not uh, not being the like runaway winner in actor because they're kind of going in a couple of different directions. I mean, I gotta that say, for mean. actor. I've seen more momentum behind Colin Farrell than anyone else. That's what I was about to say, yeah. Which is interesting because I don't know that he's the likeliest winner. You know, like I don't know how how much the Academy is like, oh, let's give him an Oscar. Not in a bad way, but he's definitely locked in for a nomination. But it does make me me wonder what the, if it becomes a two-horse race, how the various permutations will go. You know, like does Fraser stay in the top two? And it just becomes, is he up against Colin Farrell? Is he up against Austin Butler? Does he drift a little bit lower? I don't think he'd ever finish lower than than third, just because I can't see him getting less votes than Bill Nye, even though I think Bill Nye is cruising to like a solid fourth place. Well, but if it's best Austin case scenario, Butler, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's but he's playing that game pretty well. Uh, I I recently interviewed him and he, he seems like very pleased with how it's going, but also like not particularly concerned with it. Sure. Which is a is a good secret sauce. You you want your veteran actor like that to be tickled that he's in, but not necessarily like dying to do it. He's going to all the things, which is great, but he's kind of going in a like hanging out in the corner way. The uh, the Richard E. Grant approach. Exactly. Richard E. Grant like went with the like, this is adorable that you guys want to do this for me. And I have no expectations, but I'm going to go to every single thing because fuck, I want a free party for myself. Um what a lovely guy. Um, and then that fifth slot is wide open, as we have been talking about. But no one, that fifth person has no chance of winning. So I do think you, you can't tell yet anything about it because Austin Butler is not going to do super well here. 
the bigger mainstream movies aren't usually the critics group uh, favorites and he's not going anywhere as much as I'm indifferent and Miles has rejected the film as even an option. Yeah, it'll be what it'll be, but I won't partake in it. Exactly. Um, but we'll we'll see there. So that was one of the things that I, I did notice, uh, though. Was it the oh, it was MBR, right? They gave Top Gun the top prize. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, so I'll, get, I'll read off the, the NBR list, and then we'll talk about Critics' Choice and Golden Globes. Unless anyone has a particular favorite like regional critics group they'd like to mention, but I, I didn't think that was necessarily going to be at the top of everyone's minds. Nothing offhand, no. Unless you're familiar with what the uh, New Mexico Film Critics Circle has done. Oh, yeah. I, have, I haven't seen it, but I have been looking for it. I would imagine you'd want to be looking for that, right? Yeah, and I'm then, curious what they're going with. Yeah, also, there's probably not, like, a ton of people. We could, uh, maybe we can get you in. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 2023 goals. Yeah, right? Here, as I go through our news stories, um, Los Angeles Film Critics Association notably likes to go in their own direction. They had a tie, everything ever all at once in tar. New York Film Critics Online went the Banshees of Inisherin. Boston Society of Film Critics went Return to Soul, which is an interesting play. And AFI did their top 10. They um, they snubbed Babylon, Black Panther, and Glass Onion, but they kind of went with the other ones as well. And then, yeah, Top Gun did win with NBR, which, again, doesn't say anything, but also you certainly don't hate that it happened here. They went Top Gun Best Film, Spielberg Best Director, Colin Farrell Actress, Michelle Yao. Oh, Colin Farrell, actor. <laughs> I was about actress. to say. I'm reading too fast. Um, supporting actor, they went Brendan Gleeson. So there you go. So supporting actress, they went Janelle Monet. Original screenplay, Martin McDonough. Adapted screenplay, they went Edward Berger, Leslie Pat. They, w- they went with the All Quiet on the Western Front team. They gave breakthrough to Danielle Deadweiler and Gabriel LaBelle. Directorial debut, if you remember, um, I think it was Kay Flea, right? Asked us about a DGA uh, debut film, and we were just puzzled. Well, we know of one. Because everywhere, it's Charlotte Wells after Sun. Also, spoiler alert, that's a question for later. So we should probably look that up. Uh, Marcel Lachelle won Animated. Close won International. Documentary was Senior, which I really like seeing. Women Talking Ensemble. Outstanding Achievement in Cinematography, Claudio Miranda. And their top 10 films they included RRR. Yes. Yeah, RRR doing I, well. I'm just about to say, like, listen, I know it doesn't mean anything, but I like seeing it pop up. Exactly. That's... This, this all kind of started with uh, Roger Mooley winning director from the New York Film Critics Circle. And you're like, guys, we're a long way from that happening. But without it, it's an even longer way. So there's no reason not to be excited, but also be realistic. Well, but here's the thing with the fans of that one. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And I think they're celebrating and being very vocal about every victory, which does put it in people's minds. So... You know, it's there. Listen, I don't know how many nominations it's going to get at the end of the day, but whatever it ends up being, it won't be for lack of trying. Exactly. No, they, they, in, in a way, help me if I'm crazy. Do you think the drive my car success on kind of like a shoestring budget is a template for not necessarily RRR solely, but that sort of film that normally would not even bother? You're crazy. Like imagine years ago. Uh, Miles, we we had this argument. We didn't argue with each other. We we yelled at the 
the powers that be about Moon and Sam Rockwell. Oh, sure. Remember they just didn't bother because they're like, it's a long shot. We don't have the money. Like Janice didn't have any money. You know, they got the critics groups to do the work for them and made their people available and kind of went that way. And RRR is doing the same thing. We, I mean, aside from the cast, which I understand that cast is like getting Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, right? The equivalent. It, it's, it, they're big asks. Almost everyone else is available. And like we have interviews with almost everyone on the site by this point. Well, then there you go. Yeah, not a not a thing you you hate hearing about. Not well. Listen, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The one nomination I want more than anything else this year is Natu Natu and Best Original Song, so that we can get a moment where the two leads come out on stage and like are doing the suspenders bit, but they're like glittery suspenders, and you cut to, I mean, and you cut to Meryl Streep looking very confused. I mean, if they're smart, they will. Like that. That's everything are. I want in the world. <laughs> True, I will say. There, that that song has shown up everywhere so far. Yeah, it's consistent. There's a uh, consistent three or four songs, I think. And inevitably things miss because it's song and that category is always a mess. But it would be... You got to make room by, for Diane Warren for a movie nobody's heard of. I have her I have her in the top ten. Because uh, you, you can't not. But it sure seems like our song is in a great place. I would imagine... Gaga's Top Gun song and uh, Rihanna's Black Panther song are like a thousand percent locked just because they're in well like movies. They're they're big ballad like, you know, it's everything they like, um, which ironically makes it you would think that Taylor Swift's a lock for the song from where the Crawdads sing because she's the exact same like level of star. But I'm slightly skeptical. It's showing like up in enough like places her. that it's definitely like. It's in the 10, I would say, but yeah, it's oh, yeah. not I, a guarantee compared to some of... I actually... Also, I would say um, I've seen uh, Chow Papa from uh, Pinocchio showing yes. up a lot of places, too. That's that's the most recent one now that I think I, I certainly wasn't predicting until recently. And now I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If they really like it, of course they're going to yeah. they're gonna go for the song. Even though I don't love the songs in the movie, I think it's kind of the weak point, but... I, lo- I, I like them a... overall. That one isn't my favorite in particular, but, but it's the kind of welcome. emotional one where I get why they would gravitate yeah, to welcome, it. Yeah, welcome to how the Academy does songs, right? Yeah. When there's multiple options. Um, also, I think the, the handmade quality of like Del Toro having a part in writing the songs. Yeah, I think that's – and it's Alejandro Desplat. He's a favorite over there. Like they'll they'll have him at the party anytime for anything. Yeah, they they would they would probably if if they sat down and thought about it which they don't like this would love the idea of nominating to both of them in a new category, um, and then yeah there's that that fifth slot can kind of be anything, but RR is in a good spot I would say yeah hard to hard to not like where they're at I was gonna say when we were talking about the Taylor Swift thing for a second if it does happen I wonder how much of it is due to the like very like kind of classy awards campaign they're running for her her short which is Honestly, let's be real. It's a music video. It's a lovely one, but it's it's kind of being jerry rigged into a live action short contender. Well, I mean, to the point where she's on the directors on directors lineup that Variety's with, doing with Martin McDonough. Yeah, I know. Each. Like, what do they have to say to each other? But also, isn't that kind of the conversations you want? Like two people who would never be in the same room together. I guess, but that's a pretty big gulf. I I mean, I haven't looked. I haven't listened to it yet, but apparently. From what I understand, the people who have have enjoyed it. And apparently she's like into the movie, like even if wasn't naturally like went and did the work of like 
took out a pad and paper and watched Banshees. Yeah. I mean, this is all very well, you know, we talk about how like well um, organized Tom Cruise is, like to the point of roboticism. But like this campaign is, whether it works or not, is one of the best I've seen in a while. Announces that she's directing a live action film in the midst of this. Does the, the director's roundtable type thing. Has the song, has the short releases a new album, probably gets whatever musical award uh, nominations have been happening. Like, this is this is genius, whoever's up to it. And maybe brings down Ticketmaster in the process? <laughs> I mean, Just for the God, cherry on top? <laughs> yeah, because some of us didn't get a chance to buy tickets and would like to. Oh, this is, this is apropos of nothing, just this is talking about fuck Ticketmaster. Do you know that a week or two ago, when I looked, it would be cheaper... For me, as opposed to buying a ticket. So she's not in New York. She's in Jersey where the Jets and Giants play at MetLife to go there. Okay. It would be cheaper right now for me to buy a ticket in Los Angeles and fly there. Oh, wow. And watch the show there. There's something wrong with that. I should look up. Is she playing in New, in New Mexico? I. It's not for me. <laughs> I, I know, but excuse to come visit. No place to say. I guess. Yeah. There we go. That's a that's that's for off air. Um, so yeah, MBR, Top Gun Maverick. MBR goes, MBR is not like artsy fartsy, but I think they fancy themselves a little more independent than this. That meant something, I think, in a very small way. Yeah, I mean, there. this is the time, the very, very early stages of the precursors, where anyone who has like a particular agenda maybe they want to push or sort of a narrative they want to start trying to shape, this is the time to sort of plant your flag in the sand and try and like make the conversation about this or that. Oh yeah. Nothing's wrong yet because it can't be. Yeah. I mean, there are things that are going to make less and less sense as it goes on, but if you have a, an actor or an actress that is uh, probably not going to happen for at this point, you can still point to, well, SAG, SAG's going to save them. And I can't, I can't tell you you're wrong. I can tell you it's unlikely, but we don't know. There's, there's a couple of things, you know, every year, actually not every year, but most years SAG does have that one nominee where it's kind of out of the blue. I'm calling it, never I'm calling it right now, it's Eddie Redmayne. He won't get the Oscar nom, but he'll get the SAG nom. See, I would even argue that he's not even, he's above that already. Because uh, he's showing up everywhere. Not everywhere. He's showing up some places, but let's not get carried what away. What does he have now? He has, Well, he hasn't won anything, so keep keep that in mind, but... Oh, I'm keeping uh, it very firmly in mind. Yes. Let's not fuck around with Best yet? Supporting Actor this year by getting Eddie Redmayne involved. You haven't seen the movie yet, right? Oh, I don't plan on it. That's not the point. <laughs> oh, you should watch it at some point. I'm interested. It's not... I don't think you'll dislike it as much as you think you will, but I don't know that you're going to like Eddie's performance. Well, that's reason enough for me not to watch it, frankly. Fair. Fair. Um, but he's picked up... Spoilers when we get this Golden Globe Critics' Choice... Like, he's checking more boxes than I think, well, Miles, at least, would like to have happen. Well, he's checking um, more boxes than, like, Judd Hirsch, who a lot of people assumed would sure. be a lock. No, I think Judd Hirsch falls into that category of SAG than Oscar, or sometimes just Oscar. Yeah. Closer to... Oh, totally. That's, that's, he's somebody you know, who, like, right up to the last minute, you still won't be able to count out. Oh, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't say that's, a, like, a long shot up until it doesn't happen, whereas... Um, if you want to say uh, the lead of Bardo, right? Probably not going to happen. 
hasn't hasn't been the attention that anyone's paid to to that part of the film anyway even though he's very good in the movie but you can point to well that'll be the that sag nominee that no one sees coming right and suddenly he's in the conversation and i i you can't say you're wrong because it's just a wait and see there uh i do want us before the end of the episode i want to i want you to guess take a, another crack at everyone um what that'll be the out of nowhere sag one i don't think this will be my pick but for example it'd be like anna kendrick for alice darling like a late year, like in the Sarah Silverman vein. Okay. Oh, I've got a good one for that. Okay. I was, we're, we're late on it because we're going to talk about Globes next. They already happened. We should have had the, like, what's the uh, musical or comedy category nomination that will be batshit insane. Cause you never thought in a million years, that's what we'll get in. Um, we all know it's going to happen every year. We never predict it. Um, you know, the tourist and such. But we'll get it. We'll talk about that in a second. What was that movie? I think Burlesque I would, or something. Burl- that was the same year, wasn't it? Was Burlesque, that the same the year? Tourist? Jesus. Right, well, we're, well, we're looking this up now. Um, if it if it was uh, Ricky Gervais hosting, then they get Golden Globes bingo. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say this is a uh, this is this is a future, if not today, um, Globes recalibration. There you go. It's considering. Uh, if this is the year I think it is, boy, howdy, was the Golden Globes a mess. Let's see. Am I right? Golden Globes. Yep. The Golden Globe musical or comedy category. The kids are all right one. You're fine with that, right? Can't complain compared to the competition. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the other four nominees? Well, so it's both the tourist and burlesque this same year. Those are two of the other four. Steve, do okay. you know the other two? Two of the other two. One is actually worse than those two movies. Oh, that's... Those are strong words. Um, and then one is just a, not a, barely a comedy, but it's there. Steve, what do you think? Any thoughts? Any guesses? Perhaps not. Very few, it sounds like. Well, the other two are Alice in Wonderland. Oh God! Okay, yeah, that and, is worse. And, re- and and red, red. That's right. Yeah, what a what a year! What a, what a lineup! <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, that that is a what's known as a mess. So we'll see how this goes. I feel like that's the one. year everyone thinks of when they think of the Globes being people that just want to nominate famous people so they can hang out with them. Like that's the yeah. banner example of like. You're, you didn't watch any of these movies. You're just looking no, that's for their, comedies and musicals with big actors in them. That's their worst impulses come to life. Uh, but they kind, they seem to avoid that this year. Um, Yo. So let's, let's talk about those. Hey. There we go. I- See what I did there? Only, only Steve knows what I just did. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I definitely don't. <laughs> Uh, I, I definitely didn't just wake him up. Yeah, I am. I'm uh, feeling loopier and loopier. My, I, I yeah. think I have a fever right now. Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun episode. Yeah, um, I can no, stay awake. We were, we were, uh, we took your silence. Miles took your silence as indifference to my question, as opposed to slumber. <laughs> uh, yeah, more yes. Oh yeah. So uh, to reiterate for a moment, we were talking about. Uh, the shitty Golden Globes year with the tourists and Alice in Wonderland and everything was nominated was nominated in burlesque. So uh, 
I was having you guess sort of the other ones, but you you did not. Also, it is actually a year we should do a recalibration for, yeah, whether we have time or not. But if we can fit it in tonight, we'll do it. Otherwise, we'll figure it out. Um, Golden Globe nominations. Again, I want to assure you, they don't matter. But let's talk about them for a second. Let's go. You want to go from top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, bottom to top. Or top to bottom. What? Either way. Oh. All right. Let's, well, let's talk about – let's start with the bottom because it was song. We just talked about song. Perfect. This could easily be the five nominees for the Oscars, which it isn't because that's never with Globes. But Carolina, where the Crowdads sing Taylor Swift, right? Yep. No one is going to object to it. It's not like a top-tier Taylor Swift song, but it is uh, thoroughly acceptable. And at this point, she's put a lot of original songs in the lineup. Like, I know people don't think about do in terms of that, but she's kind of do. We have uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio with Chao Papa. You get Despla, you get del Toro. As Miles said, weaker song in the movie, but like not bad. Steve, did you like that song? Yes, Papa. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. Gaga, it's a bop. Everyone's heard it because it was a crossover hit and also everyone saw the movie. Lift Me Up, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Similar, I would say, in terms of that, right? Yep. That most people, and I, I think it played a little bit on the radio. I don't know about how much. I'm bad with radio stuff, but I don't think it was um, not played kind of thing. Um, also you get Rihanna, you get Ryan Coogler, you get Ludwig Goranson. So there's plenty there. And then, uh, not to, not to RRR, which the only thing that would have made it better is if the filmmaker would have written the lyrics and could have been thrown in as a nominee. It's the only thing you're missing. Yeah. That would have been nice. Yeah. I think more directors need to like subtly be like, I, I contributed, right? Right. And just throw that in free nomination. All right. Score. Carter Burwell, Banshees. I don't think people were expecting Carter Burwell to do as well this year, but I, I'm glad I have I have had him in my ten for a while. I'll tell you what, I'm always the guy who, if Carter Burwell did anything that year, I'll, I'll throw him in at least initially, and usually I end up getting burned. Like I think last year, right up till the end, I thought he might get in for uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, but this one, I think he's riding on. There's a lot of love for the Banshees, like in a lot of categories. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it's among the top, you know, two or three most nominations uh, on Oscar morning, just because it has so much potential for the acting categories, the production, and yeah, score I've seen pop up a couple of places. Yeah, we're it's building to the point where, yeah, we're going to have to talk about, like, nomination totals uh, later on in the season, but we're at a point where I think Banshees is, it's not going to get, it's not going to go towards, like, 10 or anything like that, but could be a top three or maybe once you take away some of the tech players we'll talk about that later um Despla for pinocchio um hildor we've all decided she's a one name like share uh for women talking not tar which also was ruled ineligible by the academy oh interesting yeah they did not they decided it was not eligible um what was the other thing that was there was a couple of songs that got tossed oh um I'm sorry, it was the Top Gun Maverick score as well. Then we have Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. The one thing everyone seems to agree they like about that movie. I would say that's its most guaranteed nomination at this point. Totally. Though I will throw out there, um, 
I believe it got six Golden Globe nominations. Mild spoiler alert. So, well, it, uh, but also that's very much the kind of film they would rush to embrace sight unseen. For sure, there, there, there's always that question of how many got to it. Um, I believe uh, it got nine or ten Critics' Choice nominations as well. You could say a similar thing, but <clears throat> whether this turns out to be closer to like mostly well liked but notable detractors, or if this is even like this could be like Vice or Don't Look Up this year. Just the movie kind of got dismissed by people who vocally didn't like it, but the people who vote still seem tickled by it. Yeah, I could never definitely see never that. Would've, never would have pegged Damien Chazelle for uh, for that division, but there we are. And John Williams, The Fablemans. So, could be the five. Could definitely be the five. Burwell's the most susceptible, just by virtue of it being Carter Burwell. Well, maybe this is his year. Maybe. Uh, screenplay. Oh, by the way, I actually, I checked the, I didn't keep my predictions, but I gave it a quick once over. I did better than I thought. I thought I was going to get destroyed because I believe I got four out of five in song. I didn't have Chow Papa. I didn't have Burwell in score. I think I got four out of five there. And I think I got four out of, I think I got five out of five in screenplay though. There were a couple of categories that were, they kind of went as according to plan. Like here, tell me if screenplay doesn't sound like how you would combine the 10 into five. Todd Field Tar. Yeah. The Daniels for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Martin McDonough Banshees. Yeah. Sarah Polly Women Talking. Yeah. Spielberg and Kushner, The Fable Ones. Yeah, those are all five that I would expect to be there, like spread out between the two categories. With the caveat that Women Talking seems to be the only adapted screenplay that's getting any attention right now. Yeah, what gives it a leg up. Yeah, but uh, that's why you see like an All Quiet in the Western Front or um, a couple of it. I'm actually surprised early on that we haven't seen Glass Onion kind of run away with that. Even though I know. they're going to win. You would think that's, well, because that's the only place that Knives Out was nominated. So you would assume that that's where they start and then whatever else they can get is great. This is true. Um, yeah, they, they, I, I, I'm, sometimes you just don't get why it's happening. And that seems to be a weird, like, Maybe that'll be a last minute turn closer to that, like little women, Jojo rabbit race where like you kept having you no know, U-turns until you got back to where you thought you were going to be. Yeah. There was that moment, like a week out where you're like, I think, wait, is, is Greta Gerwig winning this? Could be in for one of those director, mild surprise, James Cameron avatar. Though again, they, they, they love a star and he is a director star. The Daniels, everything, everywhere, all at once. Real quick with Cameron, do you think uh, there's any chance that we'll be able to have Arnold come back to reprise his role as guy who can't pronounce Avatar at this year's Golden Globes? I wish. Because that would be something. We've heard him say the way of water, each individual word. How do do we think that would turn into? Avada, the way of water. Yeah, it would definitely it would definitely end on A, right? Yeah. He would spell water with two A's. Oh, I want it to happen. It's weird how adorable Schwarzenegger's become in his like older years. Oh, totally. What was that video recently? Was it was like it was anti Trump, right? It was the one where he's sitting on like his kitchen, but he's got like a like a horse with him. Yeah, a something. Pony, pony, yeah. Yeah. 
it's just adorable to be like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger just lives with like free range ponies in his home. Because then he like he talks to her at one point. Right? Doesn't he like, come here, I love you. Like, oh, he's cuddly. Well, to most people, there are people who don't think he's so cuddly, actually. Um, the Daniels get in for everything, everywhere, all at once. That was, I think, the surprise of the of the lineup because they're they're not usually big on the on the. I don't want to say no name directors, but like people they haven't heard of before. Sure. Yeah, that was a more accurate way. Uh, Baz Luhrmann, Elvis, prepare yourself. I think this is happening. No, I'm not. I don't know if it director makes it, but yeah, I think overall Elvis is going to do much better than maybe I would have liked to admit. When we uh, when we look at the director race, you will realize that I think Baz Luhrmann is getting in for director. Okay, we'll talk about it. Uh, Martin McDonough, the Banshees. I, I I think also this will be the the year he doesn't get snubbed, partly because he got snubbed last time. Well, that does always give you a little extra leg up, or they don't like you. But I don't think that's the case, considering he's a prior nominee a couple times over now. And Spielberg, the Fablemans. So, not what the Asker lineup will look like, but uh, I kind of like that it was a diverse lineup. Had your had your. I would say two indie directors and then three of the biggest directors on the planet. It's a nice mix. Yeah. Got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, performance by an actor in a supporting role. Brendan Gleeson, Banshees. Barry Keegan, Banshees. Brad Pitt, Babylon. If any of you didn't think that they were nominating Brad Pitt, you were silly, silly gooses. Uh, Kiwi Kwan, Everything Ever All At Once. Eddie Redmayne, The Good Nurse. Your friend Eddie gets in. Mm. He's really going to be this year's uh, um, Jared Leto for you, isn't he? Oh, it's already happening. Yeah. I'm already mentally um, preparing myself. In a weird way, is this the one place where, where he could lose and not be uh, completely eliminated? Key like one? Because it's the uh, Globes? Because well, it's the Globes, yeah. I suspect... If they don't go with him, they're probably go- going Gleason. I think that's yeah. the inclination that a lot of places have had so far. Well, the only other thing about that is, conversely, maybe that means he does win anyway. They might want the, like, speech. You know, he's he's the only front runner for, like, giving the best speech right now. Yeah. So maybe. Um, Steve, you've only, you haven't seen The Good Nurse, have you? I have not yet. And no Babylon. Correct. I have access to both, but yeah, I was about to say. I think you have the ability. Yeah, this, um, this is right. going to be the week. I've been, it's, it's you know, tons of interviews and just a, a ton of work is, is behind me now. I can sit back and watch and actually just enjoy watching a film again. Cool. So. All right. Uh, supporting actress Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. This is another example of it's definitely helpful. But I, I think you have to remember that it's the Globes and Black Panther is one of the biggest films of the year before you like just pencil her into the lineup. And it's a pretty stacked category. So. Well, it's yeah, an impossibly yeah, stacked at- category, but she's shown up in enough places where she's definitely you don't want to dismiss her either. Exactly. It's not an outlier. It's not a completely dismissal in the way that um, one performance we're going to talk about in a couple of seconds is. But. It just puts her in the mix of this this muck that's happening right now of a whole bunch of people, because I'm still not fully convinced that the um, women talking uh, crowd will be completely ignored. I think with critics groups, they're sort of puzzled at who to go with, and 
the Globes are the Globes. They like spited that movie too because they, as you'll see, snubbed it basically everywhere, but gave it the score nomination. Just just to, to show that they, that they saw life. it. Yeah, just to prove that they saw it. It's it's almost as if they they couldn't they couldn't do the thing I jokingly warned about in Telluride when everyone was like, oh, it's going to get like three acting nominations and like this could win Best Picture. I was like, I think the movie's great, but prepare yourself for a day where it gets one nomination. That one nomination is Ben Wishaw for Women Talking. Oh, they totally. That. But that would have been the ultimate troll. No, this is, uh, I think it's still going to be okay for the Oscars. Just it's not going to have the show of force that we thought. So, Bassett's in. Carrie Condon, Banshees. Shown up everywhere so far. And won a few things. She's she's the closest thing to a sure thing supporting actress has right now, I think. I would, yeah. I would well, put her above anyone from Women Talking just because I think they're still kind of in a battle to see which of them is going to stand out. But Condon has just been showing up left and right. And there's a lot of love and goodwill around her performance that I'm seeing. Yeah, which also um, doesn't mean that she's going to win. But I think... Sometimes at this stage in the race, locking yourself in as like the number three when you don't know who the other four are is a really good strategy. Because when when there's no front runner, it doesn't matter that someone thinks you're not the front runner because nobody is. It's how Jessica Chastain won last year, being number three the entire season. Exactly. Um, Carrie Condon seems like a similar thing. So we'll see how that happens. Jamie Lee Curtis, everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm a little surprised this one's caught on as much as it has. Oh, I'm not. She's also shown up I'm, everywhere. I I see what everyone is saying. And listen, nobody disagrees that Stephanie Sue is the better performance and the more layered performance agreed. and the more deserving performance. But there's a lot to be said for how much Jamie Lee Curtis has been pushing this movie and how much yes. she is pushing this nomination, frankly. And I mean, listen... I enjoy the performance. It's very broad, but I think that works for that character. Um, But I think this is going to be one of those things where if she does get in, and I think there's every chance that she gets in and Sue doesn't, I think it's, it's going to be one of those just, you know, a beloved veteran who hasn't been in before. Oh, a thousand percent. I think it just surprised me a little bit because I kind of, I didn't, I guess I dismissed her sort of as like a cameo. Like, oh, there's the there's the like A-lister in this weird little indie movie. Well, I thought it was going to be one of these things where Sue is the more guaranteed nomination. But if they really like the movie, then Jamie Lee Curtis like rides her coattails in. Right now, it looks like it could go in the other direction. Yeah, which is a quirk of the season right now. Uh, Dolly de Leon, Triangle of Sadness. Popping up enough that she's definitely she's in the conversation. She's definitely in the conversation. They're, they're, this is one of the more successful early campaigns that I've seen of the year. Um, I'm on record not liking the movie. She is good in that in her section. Well, she's in more of just that section, but she comes on in that section. But I had sort of already checked out by then. But you know, no ill will if it happens. But it was kind of kind of cool to see the Globes do it, just because they like to say they're an international voting body. But you know, they they passed up bigger names. The, the proof not is not to do. the proof is not often in the pudding. No, no, their their figgy pudding is filled with a listers. Um, like I, if, if for example, if Rooney Mara had gone supporting, not that she's a more deserving performance, but that name alone, yeah, I don't know that they would have been able to resist. Uh, no, I you know, completely agree. That, 
that you pretend that Jesse Buckley and Claire Foy are are still like up and comers. Uh, and then finally, Carrie Mulligan for She Said, who has uh, sporadically shown up. I would say the movie's done okay so far. A couple of top ten lists, a couple of like runners up and things popping up in screenplay here and there. Not 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 anywhere near a front runner, but has uh, the box office hasn't withheld it from being noticed. Right, which is I think the early concern. Uh, yeah, this is this is a wild category because I I don't know who is going to win this one at all. Well, I don't even know what the lineup's going to be. There's like anywhere from ten to fifteen people that could realistically like be nominated. Like right. I even I for, think I talked I think I talked last week about um, how Janelle Monae seemed like a long shot to me. I don't feel that way anymore. She's shown up very consistently and winning a few. Sure, but also, I think I have her out of my five right now, and I'm like, hmm. Actually, I don't think I have the Globe Five. I think I, I, I don't have Bassett in, and I have someone from Women Talking. I think Buckley. But anyone can win this Globe right now also. Yeah. And it would be huge. I think I think Carrie Mulligan needs it the most in a weird way. I could see because that because she's... presumed frontrunner. Well, she's very much like in that lower level of like she's in the race but she also has the problem that there's like multiple other performances from her own film that like not even if they don't have a better chance they do distract from sort of her odds in that movie oh yeah no the fact that there are people who would rather be voting for samantha morton or jennifer Ely is uh not to her benefit to the movie's benefit because you might you know pop it up higher in screenplay or something like that but in terms of her presumed dominance, that's not going to happen this season. It's She's going to be in a dogfight like everyone else. She might still win, but it's not going to be easy. Quite. Uh, non-English language. See how they're trying? Yeah, I, I feel like every awards body has like a different tongue twister for this category. Yes. Um Best performance not understood by the middle of America. Where we're at with those. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Shown up several places. Argentina 1985. Shown up everywhere, actually. Yeah, that's one of those ones where, like, I don't think it wins, but, like, it's a lock just by virtue of the fact that it's a name that keeps popping up. Exactly. Close. Decision to leave. RRR. Take away RRR because it's wasn't submitted. Um, inexplicably no way does that decision make no sense so like i think the other four are probably in yeah and then like it's five a, is like eo or something yeah which i don't think i'm gonna see eo i i don't we'll we'll talk about it later on but yeah but did you, oh yeah you watched it right yeah it's one of the ones i can talk about this week yeah yeah i i i think i'm overreacting but i just I know like good things happen to the donkey also, but bad things happen too. And I don't know. I just, I feel like I feel bad for the, the actor donkey. I, in a weird way of like, I'll say this, you're not overreacting. Okay. So I'm, I'm like, if this was a dog movie, I definitely couldn't do it. I could, I'm sure. Um, it's a movie that like, I, I feel compelled to spoil because you kind of need to know what happens in it to know if you're going to be able to tolerate it. All right, we'll do we'll do our movies after we finish with the Globes of Critics' Choice. Um, animated, Pinocchio, Inuo, a G Kids film that I don't think anyone had heard of, but we always know G Kids are around. Kind of kudos to Gobes for going there. Marcel the Shell, 
Puss in Boots, <clears throat> The Last Wish, and Turning Red. No Lightyear. I haven't seen uh, Lightyear show up anywhere, I don't think. No, I, I'm, I think I took it out of my five. I'm also loathe to drop it down too far because they haven't missed with Toy Story yet. No, but the fact that they have Turning Red, which I think um, sort of hits more buttons for more people, it seems like. And then especially with Lightyear's box office performance, I think that's the kind of thing where, like, if something's going to fall by the wayside, it's going to be that. This is one of those feels like two years ago. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It never got that that, that buzz it needed. Yeah, it kind of underperformed. It didn't get raves. It did okay box office, but it. I think I think people looked at it as like closer to cars and like, oh, you're trying to make money with this one. And then it just didn't make as much money. When I feel like even though it didn't come out in theaters, I feel like whenever people talk about turning red, there's a lot more affection about it. There's a lot more like that movie connected with people, even if it was only ever a Disney Plus thing. Well, the thing is, there's yeah. more there's more of an emotional core there to build yeah. off of. Lightyear's an action film, so. And it's not a bad action film, but it's not. No. They're not trying to do the same kind of thing. Yeah. No, no, not even not even close to it. Um, watch Puss in Boots win this category. When they do one of their like bad shit wins, I can see it. Yeah, I've been hearing I, great things though. Yeah, I, I I was I was indifferent to it. I felt like I don't really care, but people have said enough good things that I, I want to pop that in soon. Maybe maybe this weekend. Um, I only have a couple more things before I'm like done done on the year, but I I passed three hundred for the year, so I've done my work. <clears throat> Actor in a musical or comedy: Diego Calva, Babylon; Daniel Craig, Glass Onion. Adam Driver shows back up for White Noise. That movie kind of had disappeared. Wow. Um, good for him. Uh, Colin Farrell, Banshees. I got all four of these, by the way. And then I missed because I had predicted Adam Sandler to win this category. And they somehow didn't uh, nominate him. Seemed like the easiest slam dunk, like get a big star here. But whatever. Though they, they did go Ray Fines the menu. So they didn't exactly go with a no name instead. Well, and they put... I, I remember reading the list of nominees and there's somebody in Best Actress who's about to show up um, yep. who, as soon as I saw that, I thought, okay, that's one of those classic globes, like we need a fifth name for the category kind of nominations. But then I saw Ray Fiennes in there and it's like, oh, okay, no, I guess they just like the menu. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's with um, the next category. Yes. <clears throat> Have you seen the we'll menu, Miles? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. It, it was what I, I, I liked it but i don't i don't get the love for it necessarily yeah, he's in between because <clears throat> i think miles understands why i was like disappointed with it but wasn't disappointed and you out and out like it yeah. like i definitely i definitely, I, I definitely had a good ch- time watching it and i like all the actors in it and i think they do good work but i think it was just one of those movies where it doesn't have as much to say as i think it thinks it does and that does keep me at a certain remove from it mm-hmm. sure um, I, I freely admit, I think I might have liked it a little more if I didn't see it in the midst of a film festival. I, I can also say I would have liked it more if they didn't give so much of it away in the trailers. There's like two trailers for sure. this movie and they ruin a lot of the big like moments or at least oh, give yeah. you enough context that you can see them coming. I think the second trailer I didn't see until after I'd already seen the film. And yeah, like I'm like, why are you showing this scene? Like this is this is the movie, essentially. And I didn't watch the trailer, so. Yeah, I, I, I watched explain less why I liked it more. That would. Yeah, I watched. I've been skipping more trailers these days, just because 
I don't, I'm not, I don't back either side of that argument. I know there's people who hate trailers before no. they see a thing, but I'm not anti-trailer. It's just, I'm the, the current, you know, the trend with trailers lately has been to reveal really about 85% of the film and say, okay, well, you know, it's going to be a basketball team and you know, everything about them and you know that the coach is going to get in a car accident but yeah. do they win? We'll find out. And then actually, if you watch the trailer back, usually you go, oh, yeah, I kind of yeah, knew that yeah, if I, you, you did have that in there. So it's like, <clears throat> that's that's the problem. It's like you, you treat the audience with a little bit of like, I don't know, have a little more respect. Because if I think if people, if you tease better, you'll draw people in instead of having right. to show the whole film. Even my, I, I, I've said this before, I think, but even my kids, like they showed the whole movie. I don't want to watch this trailer. They're anti-trailer, and I, and I didn't even, you know, push them on that. They just like I don't want to watch trailers because they they give it all away. I'm like, well, if you're noticing it and you're 12 and 14, then uh, Hollywood should maybe I don't know reevaluate the hell the way they, would they handle it. Well, there's interviews, think. there's there's websites, there's awards radar does great coverage of stuff. Yeah. Let you know, let people explore the you know the films they want to. Elsewhere, you don't have to give it all away in the two minutes and thirty seconds that you're held captive in a movie theater, or before, uh, you know, or, or you know, anywhere else that you see trailers, which is pretty much YouTube, I guess, these days. It's YouTube yeah. and theaters, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I end up, I have to see a lot of them just because I'm going to regular showtimes of stuff more often than not. Yeah. Um, Lucky you. So, well, except that I have to watch the Bullet Train trailer for like <laughs> six months. <laughs> Listen, or like, no, or like Morbius six months before yeah. that, like nothing, you, you get locked into certain, you get locked into certain loops and then it's just like, oh God, I have, like, I ended up loving smile, but I had to watch the trailer for it like 30 times before I could get there. Um, yeah. The only thing I'll say to that, because I completely, I mean, like, you know, it kills me because I have like enjoyed films tangibly less because of trailers. But at the same time, as someone who has edited a few trailers in my day, a lot of the times, if they're giving away most of it, it's because there's not a, enough like big moments or like things to show that don't give stuff away. So it's yeah. one of those things where you're sometimes limited by the material or like just by what chunks <clears throat> of it the studio sends you. I definitely believe that you could uh, like if ever like. We don't have the capabilities of this, but like in a world where we could all cut a trailer to something, I mean, we could, we just don't, I, I'm sure it's breaking some sort of law, but, uh, like if I gave everyone, Miles, pick a movie. Oh, just any, uh, Grindhouse. All right. Yeah. If we were all going to cut trailers to that movie, I mean, that's an easy one because there's so much footage. You can kind of tell whatever story you want, but. Okay. Then, like, uh, we, like Spencer. Sure. Yeah. Like how you cut that trailer suggests a very different movie. And I don't know that everyone pays attention at just how hard that is. It's, it is the most arduous editing job possible, but all the, all the more reason why we should appreciate the ones that don't give stuff away. I'll also say I'm just one of those guys who like, I like the art of trailers, like a good one Mm -hmm. that really sucks you in and just like the rhythm of it and whatever music or song they're doing. And just like, so that's a big part of why I like, you know, I'm the guy who likes getting there to not miss any of them. But I also, I love a good teaser. It's tough. Yeah. A good teaser, a good mood setter. Like I love stuff like the guardians trailers, for example, because they always get you in the rhythm of whatever the soundtrack's going to be. Steve, you asked what were good trailers, right? Um, it's the teasers. It's, uh, you know, Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I was going to say. I mean, you can't really simulate that, but our final that was a huge deal. The final trailer should still be a teaser. And that's that's where I think they go wrong. I think you should bookend teaser. I think you should start with a teaser. I understand having ever another trailer, but your last trailer shouldn't give away the whole movie. Yeah. It should just be another like palette center. It should be another like, one that you say, holy shit, I didn't expect this. And now, you know, now you have a little bit more information, but not enough. So you have to fill in all the blanks in the middle. Yeah, but- yeah. Set the set the set the stage or the mood. Yeah. Like I, I think um the teaser for Star Trek, the Abrams one, yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. Just like sounds of the of like the space program, and then you see oh, them working those. on the Enterprise. Oh yeah, that that enters well, that sets the mood. That ju- makes you nostalgic for something. Jurassic oh, Park, the original Jurassic Park. They, they the yeah. first teaser was just the the guys digging for amber, and then yeah. the uh, you know, and then they they show the the mosquito, and then you hear like a classic uh, Jurassic Park. Something, something. Uh, I don't know if it's from the soundtrack or from the score, or from the score or from the sound effects. But there's that, there's a sound. I, I don't. It's I can't recreate. Yeah, I know what you mean. And then the next trailer was the best trailer, my favorite trailer of all time, which doesn't exist anywhere. It's not on the DVD. It's not on. It's not anywhere. I looked online. Is it one of the ones that has him going, hold on to your butts before the before the T Rex? Yeah, it's it, and yeah, I don't think they show. I don't think they show the dinosaurs. Um, it's it's got the line about it's got some Jeff Goldblum. It's got the uh, sixty five million years of between man and dinosaur, yeah. and it just, I mean, it gives you the chills. It is the best trailer out there, and it would definitely cut a different trailer these days. You would hear it would be all oh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum quips. Well, you would it would it would have a hundred percent. Boy, I hate being right all the time. If anybody out there has access to that original trailer, please send me a link yeah. or send me a. I, you know, I, was, you know, I loved it. I'll actually say today I saw a good teaser. The Scream 6 teaser. I haven't watched Just, it yet. Well, all it does is set that it's set in New York and basically puts them on the train with someone in a ghost face mask. And that, that's all I need. Like, yeah, the, the possibilities. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we talked about Jason Takes Manhattan, but, like, the good version of Jason Takes Manhattan would be fun. Well, and, and I, speaking as somebody who has no plans on seeing it, I do applaud them for you. taking another bite at the Big Apple. Did you eh, see the last one? I, I've, I don't like those movies. No, oh, I did I, not see the last one. I, I love the last one. Frankly, might make my top ten list. Uh, yeah, it's the Radio Silence that. guys. So, like, I'm, you know, yeah, that does I make trust. me more open to it because I loved Ready or Not. I think you would. I think you would find the Last Scream solid. I think the things that bug you about the franchise are still there, but it's it's made by people who I think are, I don't know, like clear-headed about the franchise. Like, they they have their fun. And, but the I will say the thing I think you would appreciate still is that it ends up being about, like, toxic fandom. Yeah, well, I've already had the ending spoiled to me. I know, like, who the killers yeah. are and everything. Um, I mean, it's kind of a, it, yeah, it's, it, it, like, like all the screams. I, I like see the, what they're the doing, but it's... yeah. There's there's still an element where it's a bit too cute by half. Sure, I don't think that would necessarily change, but it's a good teaser. Um, here, uh, actress in a musical or comedy. We'll, we'll blow through the rest of these. Leslie Manville, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. There's the one you never could have guessed. Yeah, <laughs> nope, Up never my on list. my radar. No, I uh, I think I had Julia Roberts, but who the fuck knew? Um, the other four I got right. Uh, Margaret Robbie Babylon, Anna Taylor Joy, The Menu, Emma Thompson, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Michelle Yeoh, Everything Ever All at Once, Michelle will win this award. Oh, has to, right? 
I would assume so. I mean, we'll see what happens between now and the and the, award, and the ceremony. But yeah, uh, musical or comedy: Babylon, Banshees, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onion, Triangle of Sadness. I got four out of five. I had Hustle instead of Triangle, but I had Triangle at six. It's it's interesting that it seems to be sort of those are the movies. Yeah. In the comedy category, that's not usually the case. Well, yeah, usually Actor. they have something kind of off yeah, the beaten yeah, path. Totally. Actor in a drama, Austin Butler Elvis, Brendan Fraser the Whale, they they avoided the unforced error by snubbing the guy who's not coming to the show. Hugh Jackman the Sun. Yeah, that's a Globes pick if there ever was one. Uh, Bill Nye Living. And then this was interesting. This was not Globes-like. Jeremy Pope the Inspection. Yeah, that was inspired. I, I, I appreciate that. They, they do get credit for that because that could have easily have been, you know, they could have put someone else more deserving in the fourth slot and like the fifth could have been the lazy Hugh Jackman nomination. So like, you know, two steps forward, one step back. Actress in a drama, Kate Blanchett, Tar. Olivia Coleman, Empire of Light. Watch out for her. Viola Davis, The Woman King. I think watch out for her part two. Ana de Armas Blonde stays alive. And Michelle Williams, The Fablemans. Yeah, Ana de Armas holding on by a thread. I mean, it's not. It could go either way. I, I, I wouldn't say she's particularly likely to get in, but you know, hard to not put her above some other people you thought were more likely at this point. Yeah, she's not completely out of the conversation yet. No, and Netflix can easily make that a focus at the end if they want. When you're far enough removed from the movie. To maybe be able to go, okay, but I like the performance, as opposed to still being annoyed about the movie if it didn't work for you. Right. Uh, but still, this has got to be Blanchett. Yeah. Maybe a Michelle Williams upset. That it's would be an upset. Yeah, just like I think Austin Butler is going to win drama just because I don't give them enough credit to go Brendan Fraser. Well, the big thing was uh, Deadweiler not showing up. Yes, they, they did snub her. They didn't like... Uh, um, United Artists movies this year. They they did the whole like woman talking only showing up in peripheral categories, no bones and all. It was a it was a choice. And motion picture drama, Avatar: The Way of Water. Or wait, I'm sorry, uh, Arnold. Can you can you announce it, please? Avatar: The Way of Water. There we go. Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, and Top Gun: Maverick. This one could go in a number of directions. Oh, yeah, like they could totally give it to Top Gun. I'm not, or even Avatar. I'm not ruling either out. I kind of want the world in which Top Gun does really well, just for the chaos of like, is Top, is it good? Is it like Top Gun versus everything everywhere all at once? Oh, I can totally see that world. That's a, that's an almost impossible to predict answer because they couldn't have more of a different voting body. There's, that, that Venn diagram is not touching each other. It's not even a Venn diagram. It's just two circles. It's two circles with like several feet between them. It's two circles with the Fablemans and Tar in between. Yeah. <laughs> Who are also but then not Avatar touching. Is like, yeah. But then Avatar is like, hold my beer and is off at its own. It's on Pandora. Oh, this could be an interesting, interesting year. Um, Which just, we don't need to go over the Critics' Choice ones in total. But uh, I will say the ones that were of note were Avatar and Babylon make Best Picture. RRR gets in. Woo! 
the uh, the added person and actor is Paul Mescal to the five that we to the uh, five that we sort of assume. Plus Tom Cruise, however you want to factor him in. Uh, Dead Wildwood did get in with actress here. Viola Davis was the other person who was in. Um, supporting actor, they went both Dano and Hirsch. They went both Gleason and Keogh. The added person was Brian Tyree Henry, Causeway. Um, I like here it. they did go Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie. But go back to supporting actor if you wanted. What was that? I thought you were about to say something. Oh, no, I, I like the Henry. Actor. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that he's in there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, actress, supporting actress here. You got two from Banshees. You have, I'm sorry, you have two from every, Everything Everywhere All at Once. You have Carrie Condon from Banshees. You have Buckley from Women Talking. You have Angela Bassett. You have Janelle Monet. So they kind of went everywhere with that one. Also, by the way, Eddie Redmayne missed on supporting actor. So you're welcome, Miles. Thank you. Group. Uh, young actor, actress, uh, Steve, you got Bella Ramsey. Uh, it was Frankie Corio from After Sun, Jalen Hall from Till, Gabriel Lavelle, The Fablemans. The other two were Banks Repetta and Sydney, uh, Sadie Sink. Interesting that Sadie Sink got in, but Hong Chow missed. Hong Chow doing better with the critics kind of individual groups than these. So I don't know what to make of her. Throw her into that other overcrowded lineup. Yep. But again, she's uh, in on- the lineup. Oh, a thousand percent. Like more, ensembles. more so than Sadie Sink, which is really surprising me. Yeah, th- that's that's separated from the pack. She's having well, a but good even, year, but even as a whole, just overall, so that helps, I think. Yeah. Well, I think that I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we talked about the menu. She's definitely a highlight in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the acting ensembles were all the ones you would expect. So not like super notable. They went ten in director, which is a bit much, but. Whatever. Uh, you had Cameron, Giselle, Tar, uh, Field. Yeah, <laughs> Tar, Lydia Tar directed her own movie. Uh, Baz Luhrmann. You had the Daniels, Martin McDonough, Sarah Polly, Spielberg. The two interesting ones were Gina Prince Blythewood gets in, The Woman King, and SS Roger Mooley. Wow. Yes. Yes. I mean, if he didn't get in here, that would be pretty hypocritical of like a group that has been championing that film for months now. Yeah. Spoken as someone who's in the group. <laughs> uh, original screenplay. The four you would expect. And then Charlotte Wells breaks in. So that was kind of cool. Um, the five in adapted screenplay. I think might be the Oscar five for me right now. It was The Whale. It was Living. Glass Onion. She Said and Women Talking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other let's see anything below the line that was interesting mostly the films you would expect um i was a little annoyed that inherent makeup pearl didn't get in would would x not be the one to get in more x or pearl either way well because x has the old lady makeup true true. i'm sorry you're right i saw a lot of people claim they were voting for mia goth for pearl an actress so I, I did put I put I voted for X, but didn't uh, did, actually I voted for X and Barbarian. Well, yeah, there you go. I think it was the whale Barbarian and and, uh, and X were my three visual effects. RRR gets in. It's happening. Comedy. It's happening. Yeah. The comedies they selected were Banshees, Rose. Glad that was remembered. 
Everything Everywhere, Glass Onion, Triangle of Sadness, and this is maybe just for Miles and I, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yay. Yeah, I, I, I did not forget to put that one on my list. Animated was uh, Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell, Puss in Boots, Turning Red, and the one that they cited that hasn't been cited elsewhere was Wendell and Wild. It's on the periphery. I think it could still hit, but it'll be a, it'll be an uphill battle. Agreed. Depends on how Netflix feels about like pushing it. Yeah. Or if they just want to spend their money elsewhere. Foreign film were the ones we discussed, plus Bardo, which kind of might be the Oscar five. The four we discussed from uh, from Globes plus Bardo. Give or take them doing something strange, which they will. Right. Uh, same five songs. Plus New Body Roomba from White Noise. It's a really funny moment in the movie. But, you know, no one's really watched the movie. Uh, score, Hildor gets in twice. Michael Giacchino got in for the Batman. Love that. Yeah, so that's that's how that wound up. Um, before we do questions, um, let's catch up on what we've seen. Um, Miles, you had a weird hodgepodge. Tell us about it. Yeah, I did. So do you want just the new stuff or all the weird stuff? Uh, mention the weird stuff. Let's focus on the new stuff because I know you guys like the idea of doing that recalibration later. So I want to make sure we get to it. For sure. Uh, well, then, yeah, just focus on the new stuff. So I had a bit of an odd uh, double feature this week. Uh, so I got to see um, Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical uh, in its brief theatrical run before it hits uh, Netflix around Christmas time. Nice. Um, I loved it. it. It's just delightful. Uh I haven't seen the mu- the stage show, but um, I'm a big fan of both the original book and the Danny DeVito film. And uh, yeah, I think this very much is playing in the same register and, um, you know, hitting at the same ideas and sensibilities. But it's got this very colorful, like candy coated, but also occasionally grimy sort of uh, presentation. It does a really good job threading the needle where like, you almost feel like you are watching it on stage, but it still like remembers to be cinematic. Um, Interesting. Um, the actors are all great, but in particular, Emma Thompson gives what might be one of my favorite performances of the year, just because like she's like going at two hundred every single frame. Like she's she's given the kind of performance where she can just give a little grunt or like bug her eyes out a little bit and it gets a huge laugh. Um, Like some line deliveries that are just going to be stuck in my head rent free for a long time now. Um, But Lashana Lynch, great between this and the woman King, like goddamn what range Um, uh, the little Moppet. They got to play Matilda is adorable as she should be. Stephen Graham, Andrea Riseborough, great as the parents. Um, It's just a lot of fun. The, the songs I found very catchy and I'm not necessarily a musical guy, but yeah. um, it, it found that good balance. Um, it's one that it's kind Strange of question. Yeah, go ahead. Because um, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch it just because I, I like the original. So I know it no difference there. But how much do you think of the original? I have, a, I have a weird reason, but I'm curious, like how much does it feel like its own thing comparatively? I would say it feels like its own thing. It doesn't. You know how like when they'll sometimes do a remake of something that was based on a book, they'll make the point to say, this isn't a remake of the other film. This is a new adaptation of the book. It's very much that kind of vibe. Like it's there's a few one or two stylistic things that feel like they're maybe paying homage to the movie. But for the most part, because the musical is kind of its own thing. So if anything, it's more focused on adapting what the musical is rather than what came before. I only ask because um, 
I, you, you, I think you know this. I don't know that Steve knows. I don't know if the listeners know this, but I, my years ago ex uh, lived with Mara Wilson. So I sort of lived with Mara Wilson for a little bit. So it's weird to watch her in things. So I don't want to necessarily think of her the entire time I'm watching it. I'll tell you this. Not in like a bad way. I'll tell you this because I did read about it. Uh, they did offer her a cameo, but she turned it down. So yeah, she's she not doing it a ton anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I just meant like, you know, like if the movie's not working, you're just going to think about the good version. Oh, totally. Like how, I, I would. People just thought about Lion King. In that regard, I would never thought about the original for a second because it's different enough that it doesn't really invite comparison. Like the structure of the story is quite different. They skip large chunks of what they focus on in the other movie. And like the other movie focuses on stuff that this one kind of skips by. So like it's they feel yeah. very much they have separate identities, even though the bones are the same. Yeah, the bones and all. Exactly, which is one I still yeah. haven't caught up with, but I will. You'll, you'll, yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be very much your jam. So, uh, that one, Matilda. Yeah, so definitely check it out. More I, to pay attention to than you thought. Yeah, I like. I don't think it's going to be any kind of Oscar player, although I would no, no. Ma- per- personally make the argument that Emma Thompson should be a presence of some sort. But well, that's it, clearly well, not going to happen. Get nominated for Globe Musical. Well, exactly. So that's the one that's had any chance of elevating it because it could be like that hairspray or um um like the melissa mccarthy type nomination you know what i mean yeah, yeah. uh but not gonna happen um but yeah i would say definitely see it i feel like it's kind of a shame that it's going to straight to netflix for most people because it does play very well on the big screen mm-hmm. um but that's just the nature of the game i guess um that that's showbiz baby that's showbiz uh, and then I saw another movie that I was not crazy about, uh, which is EO. And uh, this is one that um, it's it's popped up here and there and like some critics uh, awards for either foreign or, uh, language or I've seen it for cinematography in one, I think, like special citation. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very much trying to be this year's drive my car, like organically the foreign film everyone goes for, but it's it hasn't quite happened like that. No. Well, and I think there's a very good reason. This is I can see people who like really introspective cinema where the movie's not spelling out what it's trying to do. And it's just, it's all about the vibes and, you know, you sort of bring to it what you want to see in it kind of thing. Um, But it's a tough watch. It's beautifully shot. The score is beautiful. Like, like they're doing what they're doing in the way they're telling the story from a donkey's perspective is sort of very impressive on a technical level. But from a narrative level, you are left sort of like I found myself checked out for long stretches of it. There are moments where it perks up here or there, but like it's sort of him bouncing between a lot of different human characters, most of whom feel like half-baked at best. Isabel Huppert shows up for like five minutes towards the end and like it's a very I don't want to spoil it, but like it's a very weird moment that it ends on with her. Um, And then like the movie... Does she have sex with a donkey? No, but it's like you're not as far off as you might think. <laughs> oh, well, uh, maybe you might be selling me in a weird way. I didn't it's, know this was. Uh, it's it's <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, place, I'll tell you. Off that's there. a selling point. It takes place in Tijuana, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's between Poland and Italy. And I'll tell you off air because I think I don't think you'll enjoy this and I don't think you want to watch it because well, yeah, there was a you were hinting at something earlier. Yeah. So it ends in a very abrupt and kind of like i don't know it, it's it's one of those things where i can't say anything without giving it away but like oh, the donkey dies doesn't he 
I'll just say this. If the idea of the donkey dying is upsetting to you, just skip it. You're not missing anything by skipping it. It's it's on the very low side for me in a year where I've mostly liked everything that I've seen. Um, but it's definitely on the side where I can respect the craft behind it. But the act of watching it is so unpleasant. It's the David Lynch problem for me. Like the act sure. of watching is too unpleasant for me to care about any deeper themes or ideas that it's exploring. I'm sorry you feel that way, Miles. I am too. Um, and then like, I figured you needed, I figured, I figured he has, uh, Steve has Andy Samberg. It's only fair that, uh, David Lynch visits you from time to time. Oh, is that who that was supposed to be? You never heard him. You never heard how he sounds. <laughs> I, I've seen the Fablemans. Of course I do. Yeah. I mean, that's quite close. He does have a surprisingly high pitched one voice. Yeah. No, I mean, now that I know that's what you're going for. Yeah. That's very much the cadence. I'm sorry. You didn't like Eraserhead. Me too, David. Me too. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, All right, what's the other one? And then the the other stuff is older stuff that I just caught up with. I got to see Krampus again on the big screen. I tell you what, I think that movie needed to have a much bigger theatrical run because the surround sound does wonders for like the Blizzard sort of sequences in that movie. Um, I saw Muppet Christmas Carol for the first time. Uh, it's one of my wife's absolute favorite Christmas movies. So we finally gave it a go. I think it's fine. <laughs> like I probably needed to see it when I was a kid or something. I just didn't have it's any true. connection to it. So I also don't like a, the Christmas Carol, like the story. Like I don't what? like any version of it. I, I mean, I've never, I've never liked any version of it. And oh, are you kidding? It's the best story of all time. Um, I, and your I'm wife closer, is right. I'm closer. I'm closer with with Miles, though. I will say, and we talked about this off and We'll talk about it now. Muppet Christmas Carol is is mid-tier Muppets and I'm a big I might be the biggest no, Muppet fan no, of three no. here well I proposed a Mount, a Mount Mupp more yeah it's top tier it's top tier Muppets it's it's uh it's I mean the Muppet movie is the best yeah the Muppet movie is the best made only potentially better if you consider the Muppet show but it's not a movie the Muppet show is as good yeah well it's 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 a it's a good extension of it it feels exactly. it completely has that same spirit it's the two best depictions of the Muppets in terms of consistent personality mm-hmm. and like what you what you imagine when you imagine the Muppets those two do it right we we disagree on, on uh, the great Muppet caper but I think they're closer there and then the Muppets the single pen one is, uh, yeah, is, is also close yeah the Muppets is uh, probably the best one for me but I definitely want to throw out uh, Muppet Treasure Island which is the one that I do have sort of a, a certain amount of childhood nostalgia for, but also I think is just a better use of the characters and more See, fun overall. I'd say throw that what one makes, out too. Oh, what no. makes or right in the trash. <laughs> no one has mentioned the Muppets Take Manhattan, which oh, is usually ranked as top tier. It is. Eh. That is. I would, I, so I'm I'm flexible. I think I think the the Muppet movie and the Muppets are top of the top two. I think that's its own category. That's I'm open-minded about the rest. And I think the bottom two are um, Muppets Most Wanted oh. and Muppets from Space. Well, there's a bunch of... Yeah. Muppets well, I'm not counting Space. any like like didn't really come out. But of no, the like major like theatrical the, releases. The Wizard of Oz and a whole bunch of... Man. Yeah, but some of those were, t- were direct to TV. Yeah. You know, they, they had stopped putting them out. But of the of the main slate, of the Muppet Cinematic Universe, 
Most Wanted isn't you. terrible. It's just no, no. It's not bad. It's just it's just after it's the first one where I was yeah. like, oh, this is only sometimes good. Yeah, it was. You know, the thing is funny with the Muppets is they come, they 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 rise and they fall, and then as they started to rise with the uh, Jason Siegel yeah. uh, version. Then the Muppets Most Wanted came out, and you're like, oh, all right, that's it. See you later, Muppets. We'll see you in 20 more years. Yeah, they don't get any consistency. Same with the TV shows. Like, they keep trying a new style, yeah. and they never commit to anything. And I never think they're ever terrible. Even that, like, office version of the Muppets. I was like, it's fine. I can watch it. I like the idea behind that. I know it didn't quite pan out or didn't really work, but I think there was a, a kernel of a good idea there. I think they it, needed I to think... stick with it. That's the problem. Yes. It needed to That's grow It, it needed to be one of those things that it gets really good in, like, the second and third season. Kind exactly. Of they should have just Like the office. It, it got good toward the end of the first season, and then it was canceled. I'm like, okay. Just when I was starting to... Because people yeah, got hung up on that, episodes... thing, that piggy and... And Kermit yeah, broke was, up and, and stuff like that. I'm like, you just watch the show, though. That's not the point of it. That's what they do. Yeah. That's how that's how they get you talking about it. But then people gave up because of things like that. So this is not my Muppets. Whenever you hear anyone say not mine, you're like, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Fill in the blank and walk away. Um, but my, tier, my, my rush more would be the original Muppets, Christmas Carol, Seagulls, Mupp- the Muppets, I think it's called, and then uh, yeah. uh, Manhattan, Muppets Take Manhattan, Muppets, Muppet Movie, Muppets, Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, that's second tier for me. And Muppets Take Manhattan. It's good. It's a good list. Um, I go the Muppets, Muppet Treasure Island. Muppet movie, um, and Muppet Caper. Okay, so I, so I think let's see, Muppets Muppet movie showed up on all all lists, so that those two are in. Muppet Muppet, Muppet Caper showed up on two, and Steve, what were your two? Uh, the Christmas Carol, uh-huh. and Manhattan. Were the two? Oh, that... so Manhattan's the other one. So there yeah. we go. So we did it. That's the four. That wasn't hard. Uh, I still think I, I don't think you could turn. I think most people like the, the most popular Muppet film out there right now is probably a Christmas Carol. Well, I mean that's because Christmas is. Yeah, no, but it's it's done well. I'm not saying it's not deserving, but you know yeah. the mountain's been constructed. Turning it, uh, a lot of people are saying I should be added to the to the mountain. If you I, I if you, you recount those votes, actually, Christmas Carol came out in first. Yep. They they found. I stopped. They stopped the count. Uh, no, I. If you uh, stop the count after my... Steve does his four, then Christmas Carol is on there. That's true. There you go. Let's stop. We don't want you I'll, finding I'll a bunch of ballots this. at three o'clock in the morning. Oh god, we're all saying things that happened. <laughs> this is absurd. Um, it's not I... as absurd as it should be, quite frankly. Well, no, the fact that this is all just a thing. I uh, and that's why we see... need the Muppets yeah. to get away from now them. more not than not ever. Long. Yep, always. Did, there was a SNL episode. I want to say like a year ago. I don't remember exactly when, but it was it was a skit on. It might have even been longer longer than that. On like somebody from the future. I think, and I don't remember exactly how the setup was, but the gimmick was that they all these absurd things about like 2020, 2019 that we learned. Like they show up and go, you know, 
oh, oh, it's uh, this is what your life's going to be like. I think it was. It's like you're going to know the name of the postmaster general and have strong opinions about him. <laughs> you know, things like that. You're like, you'll know who runs the CDC. Um, also, while you were talking about the Muppets coming and rising and falling, it made me think of the Happy Time Murders. Oh, yeah. Of course it did, because you're the only person in the world who regularly thinks about the Happy Time murders. <laughs> I mean, that, I, I will say that trailer I really liked. Oh, no, see, I love the concept of that movie, but then as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, nah, they fucked it up. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a thing that not many people liked, and it was going to be kind of just for me. But at the same time, I, I do appreciate that the trailer was like, yeah, you want to know what it looks like when the when the, when the the Muppet blows, so we're going to show you. <laughs> I like. I definitely I, didn't I want to know it. that, but okay. Yeah, same I here. was desperate to know it. Uh, Steve, what did you see? Uh, I have seen. Oh, oh, real quick. I also saw Conan. Oh, wait, one more. I had one more. Uh, I saw Conan the Barbarian for the first time. There was a 40th anniversary screening, and it's awesome. And I love you it. Finally, you finally heard the lamentations of the woman. Well, I'd heard that out of context. I've, I'd seen a lot of clips of it out of context, sure. but I'd never actually like sat down and watched it. It's great. It plays so well on the big screen. It's just a big old old-fashioned like fantasy epic that so many shitty movies tried to rip off oh yeah uva bowl just thinks about that movie when he pleasures himself oh yeah and then makes a bad version um yeah steve so what do you see <laughs> the, the the way you choose to describe things um well, I, I gotta keep you gotta keep you awake emily the criminal which nice. uh i, I enjoyed Definitely. quite a bit and i it's a shame as we discuss precursors and all this that i'm not hearing her name come up she got uh, a Gotham nomination and a Spirit Award nomination. Yeah, so. but I mean, but that—that's another example. When I was talking to you about like picking which, your surprise SAG nominee, uh, that's my pick. If there's going to be a surprise one, it'll be uh, that's it'll good. be uh, Plaza. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I, I mean, I, I, she's great, and she's getting recognized for White Lotus, which might hurt her actually with uh, in the film categories. Because either that or it's what gets know. her onto the map enough that they consider her in the first yeah. place. Hopefully, yeah, that's, yeah, that's... yeah. So it's but I, whatever it is, <clears throat> keep on making films. She's great. Totally, um, she's great at drama. And it's a, it's what it's... what I liked about it too is it, you know go in knowing nothing, you know, and just enjoy the ride because it's just not the what you'd expect from her. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, which it's which lately seems the... to be her mo is like you get what you don't expect, and but yeah, she which I, she does I, it well. Oh, I dig it. Um, in the same way that I, I, I think her, the the TV and the drama and all is is helping create the narrative that she would need to not be completely forgotten, uh, which I think is doing a pretty good job. In the same way that we were talking about Taylor Swift earlier, like the messaging is as important as anything else. Um, messaging wise, she's doing very well. Um, so she, what else besides Emily the Criminal? Which, she should also know, win some solid. awards for her work on talk shows. Late night talk shows. Oh, yeah. She's oh, so she much kills it all the time. Yeah. Or in, Every time. Or interviews at Awards Radar, which she has two on the side already. Yeah. And if you watch them late, they're even better. Um, mm. So then... Like late at night? Yeah. It's because, you know, late night talk shows. Um, oh, I thought I thought you meant like... like no. I, I took that in a different way, and I was like, I don't know. I'm on the screen, too. Is that really what we're going for? Hey, teach your own. All right. I thought we were going to start a Patreon. I guess we're doing an OnlyFans instead. <laughs> You've been threatening an OnlyFans for years. That's true. It's me sleeping. Yeah. All right. So the oh, other remember that remember that maybe sorry, Steve. You remember that movie Sleeping Beauty? Not the Disney one, but the one with Emily Browning, where like she gets paid to like sleep. Oh, and, yeah. like, guys like sit with her. Oh yeah, one of Emily Browning's many implied rape movies. Yeah. 
Also, uh, it probably counts as a, a slow cinema, right? Ugh, boy, does it. Oh, yeah. Your favorite genre. Sorry, Steve, go back. Okay. So the other film. Uh, he waited so patiently. Completely. Uh, now it feels like a shame to bring it up after that. But uh, Wildcat, which is a documentary about a, a man and a woman who live in the jungle to bring uh, wild animals back in and reintroduce them to the wild. So, mm-hmm. but that's where you think it starts, where it's going, but it becomes so much more. And if you like, if you want to see a film about a beautiful, it's an ocelot and it's a beautiful animal. It almost, almost like it looks almost like something out of uh, a fantasy. It's just so incredibly beautiful and it's fun to watch. And if you know, there's you know, young baby monkeys and all this other great stuff if you're there for nature. But what surprised me is that the human story, which is about um, this guy, the the main character, I guess, uh, the subject, um, Harry, and his, him dealing with postpartum depression, post not postpartum, I'm sorry, PS, P, PTSD. Post-traumatic stress. Post-traumatic stress disorder, yeah. So he's dealing with, it's that, and he's actually dealing with depression and... Uh, I forget her name. I'm sorry, but uh, the other subject, she's got issues that she's dealing with, and it's connected to this story. And it's I don't know. There's it's quite layered, but also it's the way it's it's woven together is so well done. Um, you know, just watch it. It's it's uh, it's definitely not what you'd expect, and but it's definitely worth your watch. You know, that's the thing. I, when I see something like this, I'm like. Eh. Do I want to watch it an hour and a half, hour forty-five about an animal, and it becomes you know, much more than that? So, so wildcat, yes, EO, no, yeah. I, I guess yes. based on we'll be back next week now. for more animal-related movie reviews. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> My dog will be reviewing. Uh... <laughs> that's what we do now. Yeah, if only. Uh, was there another movie that was the one? Those those are the two that stand out. Okay. Um, like I said, we'll talk more about Avatar. Um, once you guys have seen it, but my review is now up on the site. Um, debuted a largely very good word. Um, doing well precursor wise, like maybe a touch um, more restrained in terms of the reviews than the like tweets at the time. But such is the nature. Isn't of that the, the case? Yeah, it always is the case. Um, and uh, a man called Otto is one I, I, I was surprised by. Like, I wasn't surprised by Avatar. We talked about this. I, it confirmed that it was good. Maybe I had underrated it a little going in. But A Man Called Otto, I, I didn't think was necessary. Like, we have A Man Called Ova. It's not, like, particularly old. But what a what a lovely movie. Emotional. Like, I rolled a tear on it. Tom Hanks doing a good job. Rock solid movie. I, I think we all thought maybe they were just kind of, like, hiding it at the end of the year to try to, like, make a few bucks and get lost in a shuffle intentionally critically. But I think it one just maybe wasn't ready because I when I spoke to Rita Wilson about it a couple days ago, she said it was only done like a week or two ago, which you never know if that's the truth. But if it is, you know, maybe it was also thought like maybe we have something. I don't know that it'll do much, but Hanks is on the periphery now. What's that rated? I think it's PG-13. I don't think it's rated R. It's not. If it is, it's only for language. I don't remember there being any. I mean, actually, there's. Have you, did you see A Man Called Over? No, I, I have not. Do you know what it's about? No, I do not. Because that's, right. that's the one thing. It's not like particularly... 
um, problem. Like, I don't think there's anything in it that's necessarily a problem. But the one of the themes of the movie might, um, if you're talking about for your for your daughters, it's PG thirteen. Well, one of the, one of the uh, things is is last year Finch. I I was mm-hmm. I loved Finch. I really I had a great Finch time great. with that. And I'm like, yeah. it's a shame that Tom Hanks is just like, well, Tom Hanks got his, and you know, he's one of those like, well, we'll vote for him. But I don't know what they're waiting for. I mean, I just watched The Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood again, and yeah, he could have easily won for that. Um, I will just say, if you were thinking of taking your your daughters, it's a fa- it's a really good family movie. But just know going in that one the part of the main plot is that he's planning on killing himself. Okay. Well, that you know, my wow. Well, the trailers are really burying the lead on that. <laughs> well, I mean, that is the plot of the first of of Mankel Oath. Like that's not like anything they changed. His wife is no, I know, but what I'm saying is the trailers that they've released do not even vaguely hint at that. No, they, which is funny because the movie, and I don't remember the original like super well. I know in broad strokes, I watched a very similar movie, but I don't remember the exact like beat for beats. But the first beat of this movie is him buying six feet of rope. Oh, Jesus. And it's a, but it is, it's meant as a funny scene. But if you have any semblance of knowing what that means, you know, you're like, oh, okay, that's the movie we're watching. But there's there's a lot of really um, lovely flashbacks to him as a young man with his wife. It's actually it's Tom Hanks's son playing younger Tom Hanks. Hmm. Colin? It, no. Um, oh, Chet his, or whatever. No, it's it's the it's the one you didn't know exists. Um, what? It is. What the hell is his name? I'll tell you right now. Hil- Hildegard. Truman Hanks. Oh. Truman Hanks. Twenty-six-year-old Truman what? Hanks. He actually little buzzing uh, buzz mo- reference there. He actually mostly works behind the scenes. Like I don't. He's a like a works on like cinematography crews, like camera crews. <sighs> he was a he was a he was in the electrical department for West Side Story. Huh. Yeah. His uh, as an actor, I believe this might be his only role. He might have showed up in News of the World. I think this is like a new thing. Like doing a little bit of performance work. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but I, I do think it's a worthwhile movie. Just keep that in mind if that's like a troubling thing for you. Um, and then I saw uh, the Pale Blue Eye. So both of those reviews will be up when the embargo is left. Pale Blue Eye is a rock solid like costume drama procedural with a little bit of a creep factor to it. Um, it's it's Scott Cooper. If you like Scott Cooper, you'll be thrilled. If you don't like Scott Cooper, I think you'll find it like better than average but um you know i talked about this off air with miles but i think scott cooper is very similar to um antoine fuqua in in terms of like your your mean area of directing maybe with like slightly higher ambitions cooper so he he succeeds a little higher sometimes and fails a little little lower i would know about that yeah I thought I thought that might might sort of be the case, but a good movie. Um, little little thinks it's a little more clever than it is at the end, but very enjoyable in a um, low key manner. If you like a like vaguely serial killer type movie, which I think both of you do. Yeah, totally sure. There we go. Fun stuff. Um, yes. So let's do a question. Actually, let's do our two questions, and then we can. Move oh, and don't forget—we had the question that we missed from last week. Yes, can you find that one for me? Oh my god! 
gosh, you're asking me to do so much work. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Well, I, I pulled up the Ryan McDermott um, Filmaholic Face-Off while, while you do that. I will do that, yeah. All right. Uh, Ryan, Filmaholic Face-Off, Avatar cast. So enjoy this one. Terminator Salvation or Clash of the Titans? Oh, bloody hell. Um, I remember liking Terminator Salvation at the time. I want to say you and I might have even done like an award circuit podcast, like one of the very first back in the day where like I remember talking fondly about it. Um, yeah, I think I think I remember that. I think it might have made your list like your well, your our like 10. what our top five because I'd seen like eight movies. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, um, we both had Adventureland on that list. Yeah, I like Adventureland still. I still love Adventureland. Um, Weird the things to remember. Yeah. Um, So I remember liking that. Clash of the Titans is like, it's got some really cool ingredients. And like Liam Neeson and Ray Fiennes as Zeus and Hades is really inspired. But it's just too messy to really come together in any way. So I guess I'll go Terminator Salvation, but not with any kind of enthusiasm. Which one's Salvation? That's the, That's the uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Oh, good for you. Oh, that one. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen in the movie, but it, you know what yeah, movie yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I recall. I uh, At least it doesn't have bad 3D. Clash of Titans, it's hard to reconcile that part also. Like Terminator Salvation, I give props for being the only Terminator sequel to try something different. You don't think Terminator Genesis did? I think Terminator Genesis tried really, really hard to be three different Terminator movies at the same time. That's true. But it spelled Genesis wrong. Or did it spell it very, very right? No, it was wrong. No, that's true. Uh, Steve, where are you at on this comparison? Uh, I'll just go Salvation. Terminator? Yeah. Are you, so you're not going to release the Kraken? No, I will not re- release the Kraken. One of the admittedly best line deliveries. Well, deliveries. Well, it, it was a line that was better than the movie it was in. Did either of you see Wrath of the Titans? I remember hearing it was better. No, I thought it was worse, but I did not. I mean, they're both they're, they're both were in that era of bad 3D, so they were also like incomprehensible. But I think Wrath was worse. I don't remember. Interesting. It didn't have released the Kraken though. Uh, I'll go Terminator. Only one of them is a good movie. Next up, Hacksaw Ridge or Everest? Oh, interesting. Hmm. Um, wait, who's the common link in these two? Is Sam Worthington in Everest? I don't remember. I, I, I feel like he's not. Um, well, let's... Because I know he's in Hacksaw Ridge. Is somebody else from Avatar just in I'm... Everest? Is that what we're doing here? I'm I'm checking. I mean, Sam Worthington is in Everest. Is he? Yeah, he's Guy Cotter. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. Um, well, oh, you, didn't, you doubted Ryan. You doubted Ryan. No, I was just I I didn't remember him being in it. Um, but also, Everest is one of those movies where it's got an incredible cast, but like kind of doesn't matter because they're all just like bundled up in snow gear and like shouting at each other, and you can't tell who anyone is. Um. <laughs> I liked Everest well enough. It's one of those, like, you'll see it once in the theater and never think about it again kind of movies, but it plays sure. well that one time in the theater. Um, and then Hacksaw Ridge. Ah, Hacksaw Ridge is one that 
I find problematic in some ways, and I've described it before as the most violent movie about pacifism ever ever made. But um, yeah. there is stuff I like in it, and a lot of the war stuff and Andrew Garfield's performance. Like, there's. Mm. I don't love his performance in the first half. Not in the first half, but I think it gets better as the movie goes along. I think the first yeah, half in just... general is kind of terrible, but I think once it gets to the boot camp, it sort of it it, mm-hmm. it it finds its personality, and then when it gets to the war stuff, it's horrific, but it's engaging. Until um, he does the Jesus pose thing for him at the well, end. Well, of course. Like, no, I hate all of that. So yeah. I guess Hacksaw Ridge has high highs and low lows. Everest just kind of coasts in the middle. Um, so I guess I'll go Hacksaw Ridge because at least it's a bigger swing. Okay. Steve? Yeah, I'll go Hacksaw Ridge. I think it's, I mean, there's there's stuff to actually appreciate in that Everest. Mm. It is what it I is. Everest was fine. Yeah. I didn't like Hacksaw Ridge. I'm going Everest. I, I saw Hacksaw Ridge late in the game on screener. And I remember like laying in bed watching it, like not excited because it's Gibson and like, I'm not going to get excited, but like, Curious, like okay, cool. I'm, you know, this one's like surprisingly like moving just up and up and up in the award season. I remember going, the fuck am I watching for like the first half? <laughs> no, the first then, half yeah, is becomes, super rough, no doubt. The first half feels like the movie that they hinted at in Tropic Thunder. Yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, and then the war stuff is solid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I, again it gets back to Jesus at the end, and I'm like. Ugh. Not, not for me. Um, I, yeah, that one, that one did not connect. So it's going to, it's going to be an Everest for me, dog. That's fair. I have the question from last week. Once we're finished with the face off. Cool. Cool. Uh, next up, Star Trek or Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Star Trek, I've always described as like the platonic ideal of a dumb, fun summer action movie. Um, it's just one of those ones where like, if you want a good popcorn experience, it really satisfies in that regard i'm not a trekkie much beyond the newer stuff so i can't really speak to how it works on that level but i always have fun with it um but guardians of the galaxy is on another level it's still one of uh the mcu's best films it's just very much your jam also it's everything about as my jam like those are my favorite characters within the mcu and it's nice to be seeing them again finally um yeah i just it has to be guardians steve yeah star trek Guardians really? And you're a big Star Trek guy. Yeah, but I, I mean, I like I like more classic Star Trek. Um, and actually, I like Cat Classic, and I like the newer Star Trek. This, the Abram stuff, kind of floats in the middle where it's. Oh no! It's the David Gordon Green of it all. It's, it's like it, it's a. It's oh, a, I can totally like almost, I can totally see that connection for Steve. <laughs> yeah. It's like a tribute. Well, yeah, exactly. It doesn't. It, it's there, but it doesn't really fit into that it's world. It can be. It can be removed, and no one's going to notice. Where uh, I, lo- I, I like. I love both. I'll go with the sweep, though. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy Guardian. this. I enjoy this. The new Star Trek stuff. I just, you know, if I'm going to choose one, Guardians. Oh, Guardians is a hell of a fair. lot of fun. Steve, right. Steve, would yeah. you would you agree with the sentiment that the Abrams uh, Star Treks are less about adapting Star Trek and more as like a show reel for him to eventually do Star Wars? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. That's because I think that it's it's much it's, more of that sp- science fantasy than science fiction. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Sure. Uh, next up, Gettysburg or Tombstone. Have I seen Gettysburg? Wow. I don't know Gettysburg. that I have. 
Who's in Gettysburg? Steve? Um, what's I know. To- I know Tombstone, but is, I don't know. Is Jeff know Daniels Gettysburg. in that? There's like a whole bunch of like, uh, oh my gosh, a bunch of people with mustaches. Um, uh. Jeff Daniels is in it. Tom Berenger, Martin Sheen, um, the uh, Stephen Lang is the uh, the connecting point here, I believe. Oh, okay. uh, Sam Elliott doesn't get Sam Elliott. That's the other one that I was thinking of. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, notably, one of the uh, longest movies to get released. It, it had an intermission when it was at the theaters. It actually, had, I remember like, timeout. So my grandfather was a movie projectionist, right? So I remember going to this. Pick, like to go pick up his check and i remember there being like the projectionist that was working that night sort of speculating about i wonder if this is gonna like fall off the platter it's so big like they had to watch it start every time to make sure um which i believe was the same case with i want to say gods and generals years later interesting but like gods and generals is also massively long yep well the director's cut is like six hours but also stephen lang Fuck you know yeah. what three-way um, Gettysburg, uh, Tombstone, or Gods and Generals? Well, I know I haven't seen Gods and Generals, and after hearing y'all describe it, I have not seen Gettysburg either, so I will go with Tombstone and Tombstone Rock, so that's pretty easy. I was about to say, you were probably going to go to Tombstone anyway. Like, I think even if I had seen Gettysburg, it would still be Tombstone. Tombstone or Quick and the Dead? <sighs> Quick and the Dead, but I'm a, I'm a Sam Raimi sucker, so. That's true. Steve? Uh, let's go Tombstone. All right. Yeah, it's Tombstone. It's more fun. Yeah. Working Girl or the Ice Storm? Scorny Weaver. Um, I don't have strong Scorny Weavers here. Yeah, I, I do not have strong feelings about either, but I'll go Working Girl because I feel like she has more to do in it and is more fun in it, and Ice Storm is just kind of whatever for me. Mm. I do really like the Ice Storm, but yeah. I get it, Steve. I I did I like the Ice Storm a lot. Um, I'm gonna go with that. I think. I think it's a nice slice of, uh, of like a time period, you know, like the whole key party totally. and just, just so, you know, it's, it's well done and it, and it goes in surprisingly different places than you'd expect. Yeah. Steve, uh, Steve is on his, uh, community board, you know, for like all his, uh, the housing area mm-hmm. and he keeps trying to bring up key parties and they never let it, they never pass that resolution. I'm like, let's be like the ice storm, you know, that movie with uh, Elijah Wood. Come on. And yeah, just doesn't the, go over uh, well. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to see him like passionately filibustering for it. Um, I'll go Ice Storm. Though I will say, if I could add a third, my pick would be Imaginary Heroes, which is a slightly wittier version of the Ice Storm to me. Mm. And finally, you know, he always saves these for last Ghostbusters or Galaxy Quest. Oh. Oh, original Ghostbusters. I mean, it's not close for me because Galaxy Quest is literally my favorite comedy of all time. So Galaxy Quest. But I do love the first Ghostbusters and nothing else Ghostbusters, just that first one. Yeah, you are very, very specific on that one. Yes. Steve? Well, I'm going to go with Ghostbusters for one of the greatest line readings of all time. And he says, when uh, Dan uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, announces to everybody... Who he chose and why. We're just sitting around the campfire and whatever. And it, it just popped in my head that you know, whatever it is, the, the Stay Puff, it's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That's the that, Stay yeah, Puff yeah. Marshmallow Man. That that line I, right there is one of the best ever. So 
Miles, you fully expected Steve the Flub this line, right? Well, I was expecting him to go with uh, this man has no dick because that's my favorite line. Uh, mm. That That's a great it's, line, too. But but the, the, the delivery is is flawless. Sure. And it's a difficult say, one because it's so understated. Oh, no. His his sad like stay puff marshmallow. Um, <laughs> I would say it's an almost perfect movie. It's hard to watch the scene now where um, Venkman was prepared to date rape Dana. Yeah, he had some, like, stuff to help her sleep pretty ready to go. Yeah, aside from that. And I think that's just lazy writing, more so than, like, mm. Venkman's a fucking date rapist. Well, um, maybe. I, though, though he is, I will say... That character is in such the movies, a fucking creep. <laughs> in the movie's defense, you're not supposed to not think he's a creep. Yeah, like, but, like, Bill Murray is just charming enough that, like, it is easy to occasionally forget. I think if it wasn't for Bill Murray, you would properly see how awful he is. But I think because Bill Murray is like, I think that was the challenge for Bill Murray is like, I'm going to play him as if he is a straight up sex pest. But let's make him the most lovable one you can have. And it kind of worked. Yeah, I. uh, I'm going to go Ghostbusters, but Galaxy Quest is amazing also. It is. Wish Tim Tim Allen was less of an uh, less than a fun human being. Well, but it's the best thing he's ever done. Like, he was born yeah, to channel they, William Shatner. I mean, live action, yeah. Otherwise, Toy Story. Well, sure. But live action, yeah. And, and you know, as much as I, I mocked the Santa Claus last time, he is fine in that movie. He's giving. He's actually committing to that. I think you need that type of actor, like, kind of almost happy to be in a movie, to commit to a premise like that. Otherwise, it's unwatchable. But, yeah, no, he is he is legitimately very good in Galaxy Quest. Uh, You have the other question, yes? Yes, I do. So this is one that we missed last week, so many apologies, but it is from Manning Franks. One thing I've noticed in FYC campaigns is that Netflix has a plethora of titles to campaign, but no centralized film to throw their weight around, like Power of the Dog last year. With no frontrunner, could this be a year Netflix misses out on an Oscar contender in picture? Sure, but I think they do have a... Like one of those, and it's um, it's glass onion. It's just not the one you would expect. Yeah, I think I've been thinking about this actually, and I'm kind of glad I had the extra week to think about it because, sure. on the one hand, I would have said Pinocchio because that's more of the critical darling and like an animated film that very much has the potential they, to break out in other categories. I think they do a very good job of whatever they're paying attention to in the given moment for a minute. Seems like the only one of them. As well, opposed to like making the transition, because remember how people were talking about all the all quiet on the Western Front for a little bit. And yeah, that was popping up places because they they don't fully pivot, but they kind of like give you the girlfriend experience kind of thing for a night, if that makes sense. Like well, make that film feel important for one night. So what I think is starting to happen, and what we're seeing from what they're pushing, is that Glass Onion is their best bet for the most nominations for any single film. Whether that materializes in picture or not is hard to say. I think it's looking good, which is a little surprising to me. But I think unlike other years where they've had like one or two films that can really throw their weight around, here it's more like, you know, they've got an international contender here or a costume contender there or a song contender there. You know what I mean? Like they're just Mm -hmm. kind of – they're spread a bit more thin than we've seen them in the past few years. And it's going to be let – like – 
they could miss on a Best Picture nomination, absolutely. But it seems like Glass Onion's the one they're pushing the most for that. Well, do you think yeah, like especially. Blonde might have been that one that and just I think I think Blonde was definitely one that they thought could be that before mm-hmm. the reception sort of hit. I think um, in a way, Blonde they were emboldened by Blonde um, by the power of the dog being embraced. Sure, because, because that one was a, a challenging. Very, yeah, yeah, like the fact that we can. We can get someone to watch it because they they read the script like they knew this was going to be potentially controversial and certainly divisive. So I don't know that they ever thought it was going to be their biggest one, but I do think they they keep their their eggs very much spread out as long as they can. And they kind of let the season tell you where where it's going. Right. Well, and. Blonde is a perfect example of what I'm talking about, because based on sure. what we're seeing now, it looks like if they're going to push anything for that, it's like Ana de Armas or Bust, as opposed to giving it the sort of, you know, the push all over the place. And so I think it's going to be like, they've got like a handful of things that they're pushing in various categories, rather than having like an Irishman or a power of the dog or something to sort of be their big main horse. Yeah, they're they're very much... Letting for we'll get the same number of nominations we would have. We're just going to do it with everything getting you know. Eddie Redmayne gets the the good the good nurse one. You know Pinocchio gets two. Like whatever piecemeal they can do, right? They're not looking at that as any kind of step backwards. Um, and yeah, I do think Glass Onion is is looking good. It's hit everything it has. There's if anything an embrace of sequels this year. So being a sequel is not a problem. So I. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's the answer is not super hard. It's Glass Onion is there if they had to only focus on one film, but their plan this year is essentially not to only focus on one film. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other question we have is from Kayfley208. Now that we had some precursors, where are you at with SAG Ensemble, with DGA, and with DGA First Feature? So back to DGA First Feature... Um, Charlotte Wells is going to win that. In terms of other people, I still don't really have a great sense, if I'm being honest. No, I, it's it's been After Sun is the only one that's really come to mind for me. Well, I'm trying to think of like what the other directorial debuts were this year. And that might be the way to go. Um, I mean, I love Vengeance to get cited, but I don't know that I give them enough credit. To notice that. No, nah, I, th- I think that one's getting shut out across the board. Probably. Um, Fresh, I think, is a feature debut, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think so. That could certainly be in play. Does Barbarian um, count? Maybe. I don't know if they'll go that far into genre. But no, maybe. probably not. Um, They have that weird thing where they, where they count, um, like... If you if you co-directed something, they don't always count it. Right. I wonder if has re has because maybe because Channing Tatum, you know, with Dog, if they want to be a little cheeky, even though he co-directed it. Because I think Reed Carolyn um, directed one of the Magic Mike, so it wouldn't be his debut. I mean, that uh, would be a heck a of debut. a heck of a choice. <laughs> well, they sometimes sometimes have that like very. I don't want to say out there choice, but just not one you were you were thinking of as an awards play choice. Um, there's, I mean, I guess Causeway 
It's her feature debut, I believe. Uh, Leela Nugabauer. Okay. Uh, and, but you also have the, like, the little films. You have like like Emily the Criminal. Like, um, there, there, there are things like that where it's like they made one film. It's not really the thing that is most being praised, but, you know, is, is right there. It's hard to say. I think it's also, like we've said, kind of one of those years where it's so clearly one film that it it just no one talks about the other options. It's not a story that gets printed that often. Right. So we may just be there. I think one like literally one other awards body has gone in a different direction. I don't remember what it was. But there's one time that she didn't win. I think. Imagine if I'm misremembering that. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where I'm at there. We all kind of have the same, like, it's very clearly one film that's going to be the winner, but the other ones are very much open. SAG Ensemble, Fablemans, one, Everything Everywhere, two, you think Top Gun? No. I think Banshees, potentially. Banshees, three. So those three, I think, are very much locked in. Yes. I, Women King maybe is like a slight outlier, she said. Woman King would be cool. She said would be cool. I mean, Glass Onion. Woman Talking, certainly. Sure. Glass Onion. Glass Onion. Dep- Actually, Glass Onion, I think, has a really good shot. Yeah. Because that's like a colorful and like like a mismatched sort of ensemble. Woman King, For I would sure. love to see. It's it's kind of up their alley as as like they're like the one they're pushing, right? Up more than than maybe the other bodies have because they just want people to remember it. Uh, I need to do my my SAG predictions, but that's sort of where my head's at with the top tier. Steve, you you agree? Disagree? Any any other ones you would throw in there? No, sounds good. All right, fair enough. Um, and the regular DGA list: um, Spielberg, Cameron. I think at this point is looking good. Yeah. Do you think Daniels can show up here? I think they have a good shot with DGA if they're in the union. That's the one weird thing with sometimes the, the more indie directors, you never know. Um, but assuming they're not going to have any weird uh, hiccup like that, I could see them getting in and maybe being like the fifth where you're like, uh, did they get swapped out? Um, right. I do think McDonough is going to get in this time. Same. And then field. Yeah, that sounds very possible. Sure, but your your other tier being some combination of Sarah Polly, I you know, DGA is not always the best with women. Um Damien Chazelle, I'm sure is gonna hang around director. Um I don't think it'll happen, but DGA would be the spot where you'd see uh Joe Kaczynski. Oh yeah, potentially. Same with a Ryan Kugler in that in that sense. There's not a ton of, you know, like the, the Armageddon Times with James Gray, the, the, the White Room with Noah Baumbach. They, I'm sorry, White Noise. They haven't, like, connected in that same way. I think if people had li- uh, if people had actually gone to see Empire of Light, um, Sam Mendes would be more in the conversation, perhaps. But they, they just haven't connected. Yeah, that's one that I kept ex- waiting for that moment when it would pop off a little bit and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, people. O- outside of Olivia Coleman. Yeah, yeah, I think that's just kind of where it's going to be at with that one. It happens. Maybe cinematography. I keep hearing about Roger Deakins' work. Yeah, I mean, it's great looking, and and the score. 
those are those are the spots. But oh yeah, because it's uh, Reznor and Ross, isn't it? Yep, it's a really good score by them. Um, then you've got any other directors? I mean, I guess Raj Mooley. Got to keep him in mind. Raj Mooley would be dope. That's that's probably his last stand. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? Anyone? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, you have to participate in the next segment because we're we're on to our uh, recalibration. Yeah, I, I I don't I haven't seen enough. I'm I'm still a few behind. So I'd like. That's true. Until well, then. you've seen all these movies. Yeah, that's a thing. So the ones we're going to recalibrate the Golden Globe year of really quite terrible musical or comedy nominees, most notably. I, th- I think that's a bold statement to say that you've seen all of these. I definitely haven't seen most of these. Uh, we'll see. Um, all right, let's start at the bottom. Original score. The Social Network wins. Reznor and Raw speak of the devil. I doubt we're recalling, but if you are, you have 127 hours. A.R. Rachman. Alice in Wonderland, Danny Elfman, prepare to hear that film more. Hans Zimmer for Inception. And The King's Speech, Alexander Desplat. Uh, I love uh, Zimmer's Inception score, but I'm going to leave it. Which is funny. I think we've done the same year for the Oscars. And I think I went think the we other did. way that time. Yeah. But today today I'm feeling let's leave it with Reznor and Ross. All right. Steve? Keep it. Yeah, keep it. Yeah, Inception's number two. 127 hours, three. Burn the other two. All right. Here's our first question of Did You See It? Uh, best original song. The winner is Burlesque. Diane Warren, you haven't seen The Last of Me. If you recall, your options are Burlesque. Uh, this one's Christina Aguilera and Sia with Bound to You. The immortal Country Strong with the song Coming Home. Tangled for I See the Light, Alan Menken. Or The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. That one was a Carrie Underwood song for There's a Place for Us. I think we have to recall just for the chaos of this, right? Yeah. Recall for sure. Yeah. All right. Miles, I'm guessing you haven't seen Country Strong. No, I I have to go with Tangled here because I think it's the only one I can think of what it sounds like. Mm. Steve? I'm going with Tangled as well. It's the, one of the most underappreciated Disney films. Fair. Um I guess I, I would have gone country strong, even though I don't think it's the song from that trailer where she just says I'm country strong. But that was an okay movie. It was the exact movie you thought it was. But eh, Tangle wins. All right. Screenplay. Sorkin wins for the social network. If we recall, and I'm not sure we will. Uh, 127 hours. Danny Boyle and Simon Beaufoy. Inception. Christopher Nolan. The kids are all right. Stuart Blumberg and Lisa Cholodenko or the King's speech. David Seidler. There's nothing wrong with the King's Speech script, but boy, does that feel like it's out of out of place in that lineup. A mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, again, especially ins- when you especially when you know the other options as we go on. Yeah. Uh, again, Inception is the second choice, but leave it with Social Network. I agree with that. Keep it. Um, I would put Kids Are All Right second, but yeah, I'm leaving yes, it. Yes, that was the same here. Close to that. I think my screenplay list here would be Social Network, Kids Are All Right, Inception, 127 Hours, King's Speech. Director, Fincher wins for The Social Network. Believe it. You don't have to choke on your words. If you recall, your options are Christopher Nolan, Inception, Darren Aronofsky, Black Swan, David O. Russell, The Fighter, and Tom Hooper, The King's Speech. Whether we do anything or not, I think we all agree Hooper and Russell are not getting voted. 
Yeah. This is correct. Um, leave it. I think Social Network is Fincher's best film still. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna see Recall. Um, I'm open to the Recall, though I probably will still vote Fincher. I just want to see what happens. Yeah, uh, that's Steve, where I was uh, as well. But. Yeah, so Miles, you're sticking with Fincher, right? Yeah. So here, Steve, I'll put I'll put it in your hands. I'm going Aronofsky. I thought mm. you might. Yeah, though I think my first choice is still Fincher. I just want to see what the choice. Well, is. that's where that's that's kind of how where I fell. So I'm gonna go with Fincher and keep it in Fincher's hands, but. I just want to figure this. There's, there's a, a lot to appreciate there in those top three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fincher, Aronofsky, Nolan is my order. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, Russell Hoover. I actually like Russell's direction of the fighter, but like, don't need to give him an award. No. Yeah. Uh, supporting actress, Melissa Leo wins for the fighter. Consider her. But if you recall her, your options are Amy Adams, the fighter. Helena Bonham Carter, The King's Speech, Jackie Weaver, Animal Kingdom, and Mila Kunis, Black Swan. That was the uh, one that didn't correlate with Oscar. That's a fun nod, though. Yeah, uh, yeah I love it. I, I honestly think she's second best in show in that movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I will recall. Sure, let's recall. Okay. Uh, I go Jackie Weaver, Animal Kingdom. I love that performance, and I love that nomination. Wow. Steve? Uh, I'm gonna follow suit. I didn't think you'd go there, but yeah. Oh no, I'm a that. big Animal Kingdom fan. I was actually gonna go Amy Adams for the fighter. That's my preferred uh, fighter performance, but sure, Jackie Weaver wins. Well done, Jackie. All right, there you go. Uh, supporting actor Christian Bale wins for the fighter. If you recall, your options are Andrew Garfield, The Social Network, Jeffrey Rush, The King's Speech, Jeremy Renner, The Town, and uh, do you guys know what the fifth one is? Not a, is it Mark Ruffalo? No, the globes are really glo- globe in here. Oh, oh, is it uh, some stupid? It is. Oh, is it like Michael Douglas? Wall Street money never sleeps. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> oh, I hate it. But it that. makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It's a very globe nomination. Yeah, man, it's such a good category. Otherwise, um, recall. Okay, recall. Yeah, sure. Let's let's see what happens. I, I'm open to three of these. I do need the options again, though. Uh, Bale, Garfield, Renner, Rush, Douglas. It's between Garfield and Renner for me. Steve, where are you at? I'm going Jeffrey Rush. All right. Uh, Miles? Uh, i go Garfield. Or Garfield too. I think I was going to follow you on either one, even though I like Bale. I, mean, I like that he has. An I like Bale as well. Um, but the town is like my favorite Jeremy Renner performance, and then he is like phenomenal in the town. And then Andrew Garfield, I think, is a major highlight of the Social Network. So on this like, last viewing, really came out. I watched it a, a couple of weeks ago on like my lazy Saturday viewing. I think it was, and boy, I know everyone went wild over a lot of the performances in the movie, and like. Justin Timberlake had all the buzz for a minute, but I think Gar- I think Garfield maybe is as good as Eisenberg in that movie. Oh yeah, agreed. They are they are very much operating on the same level. And I'm a I'm a huge fan of the acting in this movie. Like I made the case that um, best supporting actress should have had uh, Rooney Mara for that one scene. Like everyone in this movie is just doing tip top work. But Garfield, some of his 
you don't realize I, I didn't realize as much until this showing this recent viewing how much he's just like at the beginning excited to be able to get girls and like how that turns into the abject horror when his girlfriend is insane and like lights the scarf on fire yeah yeah and he's having the conversation with mark at the same time that he's like trying to break up with her that's a great that's an underrated scene well, he really is, he really represents wow. the tragedy of the movie and sort of the heartbreak of like the human element of what ends up getting lost in the whole thing. And I think that oh, yeah. that comes out maybe or that connects on an emotional level, maybe more so than even Eisenberg's work. A hundred percent, because you 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 don't want him to give any money to the Winklevi, you know, you don't care about them. They're fun characters, but you don't have an investment in their success. Right. You do kind of want to know at the end, like how much um, Eduardo got. You know, and did he get, you know, what was worth this? Because he got, he's the one who got fucked. Yes. Yeah. Uh, terrific work. All right. Actress in a musical or comedy. Annette Benning wins for The Kids Are All Right. If you recall, you also have Julianne Moore for The Kids Are All Right. You also have Emma Stone for Easy A. Inspired. You also mm-hmm. have Love, uh, Anna ha- Anne Hathaway, Love and Other Drugs. I love that movie and that performance. I know it was kind of like caught in that mid-ground of like, wait, was that movie good or was it bad? Then their fifth nominee is Angelina Jolie for The Tourist. There it is. Uh, recall. Mm, keep it. Uh, recall, but I'm open to betting. Depending on what Miles does here. I'm going with Emma Stone, easy A. Mm-hmm. Steve? Uh, and that betting... Um, I want to go Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway would have been my second choice. Yeah, Anne Hathaway is great in that movie. Yeah. Um, But Emma Stone is just that. It may still be her best performance. Well, that's a star-making performance in the classical sense. Oh, yeah. Love it. All right. Emma Stone gets a globe. Actor in a musical or comedy. I'm sure all of these nominations are going to make so much sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti wins for Barney's version. No one had heard of this movie. I will maintain it is a phenomenal movie. He's amazing in it. It's it's so underrated. If either of you have not seen Barney's version, watch Barney's version. Oh, my um, God. You know what just happened? Yeah. Uh-oh. I've just realized we've absolutely calibrated not just this year, but this year globe specifically before, because I remember you saying the exact same thing about Barney's version. (laughs) And I I think the love and other drugs thing we talked about as well. So I think this might've been a very early episode. And I think we're also choosing different things that we chose uh, the previous times. (laughs) Yeah. That makes it better. Uh, Very much us. Um, So I guess you still have Barney's version. No. Mm -hmm. Steve, have you? I did. I, it's been a, I mean, a very long time. It's been since 2011, probably. All right. Well, I'm going to say keep it, even though I know we're going to recall just because I want to see it go down the wire. Your options are Jake Gyllenhaal, Love and Other Drugs. Good performance. Kevin Spacey, Casino Jack. Meh. In a meh movie. Johnny Depp in The Tourist. Yes. And wait for it. Johnny Depp in Alice in Wonderland. Ugh. Double nominated. Worst God. makeup ever. So remember, Wor- worst recall, a lot of things ever. <laughs> if you recall, you really are just saying you want Jake Gyllenhaal because at any other version, I'm not allowing this. Uh, I'm recalling for Gyllenhaal because he's he's legitimately very good in that movie, 
and sure. these other choices are just like, what the fuck are we doing here? I say keep it. Giamatti, oh, no. baby. All right, I'm going to keep it then. Even though we, we called and it kept it. There we go. Oh, so good. All right. Actress in a drama. Natalie Portman wins for Black Swan. If we recall, you have three fellow nominees in Jennifer Lawrence, Winter's Bone, Nicole Kidman, Rabbit Hole, and uh, Michelle Williams, Blue Valentine. Uh, I, I Wait, I th- there's a fifth nominee. Oh, yeah. Who do you think it is? Isn't it like Cher or something? No, because it's a drama. Oh, wait, this is drama. Um, I don't remember. It's a batshit insane one in a drama, which is a big ask. It's Halle Berry and Frankie and Alice. That's right. Oh, God. Like all these weird ones all the same year. It's crazy. Movies that fully only exist in theory. <laughs> all right. Recalling to keep it. Uh, I would say keep it. I love Natalie Portman in, in that role. Keep it. Um, I would say recall just for Michelle Williams, but yeah. I figured. But... Yeah. Those are my top two. Then Kidman, then Lawrence, then Halle Berry. Uh, actor Colin Firth wins for the King's Speech. If we recall, you have Franco, 127 Hours, Jesse Eisenberg, The Social Network, Marky Mark, The Fighter, and Ryan Gosling, Blue Valentine. I say recall. Recall. So, guess recall. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Eisenberg. Steve? Hmm. I'm going Gosling. Oh, well, Gosling wins them. Yep, I can't be mad at that. He gives a very good performance in a film I never want to watch again. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm the only crazy person who watches that movie more than once. Motion picture, musical, or comedy? As we've aforementioned, the kids are all right. Alice in Wonderland, Burlesque, Red, The Tourist. God, I guess, well, I don't care. Leave it, I guess. (laughs) Like, what what do you do? (laughs) Yeah, what are you voting for besides? We legitimately are picking the kids are all right. But let's say we had to recall. Where, where's your vote? Because mine has to be red. It's the least. I was about to say, like, re- like, red is the least offensive of these choices. Yeah, yeah. which is really. <laughs> wow. That's a yep. that's a lineup. Yeah. And thankfully, we're moving on now. Uh, picture drama. The social network wins. If you recall, you got Black Swan, Inception, The Fighter, and The King's Speech. I do love this lineup, give or take The King's Speech, but I would say leave it. I'm saying recall just to hear the vote. Uh, sure. We can do that. Well, I'm sticking social network. Oh, you are, eh? All right. Well, I like all five. Um, I'm not a King speech hater. I don't hate it either, but it's just... I don't hate it. it it's one of those very safe things that, like, yeah. I liked it when I saw it, but I've never had any desire to go back to it. Sure, sure. I, I did social, go back social to it, network, and I liked I think it again is... the second time. So, uh, yeah, social. Well, you know, that's just the thing. It's it's not the same tier. Um, yeah, damn it. You know what? I'll stay social network. Okay, I'll go. I'll go social network. Yeah. Uh, if you had picked Inception, I would have definitely gone social. If you'd gone Black Swan, you would have given me something to think about. That's 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 the one I was deciding between. Fair enough. Social network, it is. Um, let's go to bed. Say where yes. you can be followed, <laughs> and together, all all into bed. Your respective wives can figure it out. Um, And remember, say your pick for a surprise SAG nomination. Um, And then, Miles, you said you won't be here for the next two weeks if you want to throw in anything. I don't know. If anything in the next two weeks is beneficial for them to know about, feel free to tell them. Okay. 
If you don't hear from me in three weeks, Joey did it. Um, oh God! <laughs> is, is this like when we when we accidentally accuse me of murdering Steve? Yeah, you know, we'll just we'll just run through the the roster. We'll get Ryan back yeah, on is, just so we can have a false accusation there. That's true. You know, you know, it's definitely this is uh, Kaiser Soze Hughes over here. Just throwing that out there. No, oh, I hate it. Uh, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. You can check out my writing on Awards Radar and Looper. Just published a Looper article about the best non-Marvel performances from MCU actors. Excited to see what people think about that. Um, and then, surprise sack, you know what? Fuck it. Since I talked about it earlier uh, tonight, Emma Thompson for Matilda. That would that would be a very pleasant surprise. Sure. I think uh, good luck to you, Leo Grant, would be the one. But oh, totally. Know. But like, just for the chaos of it, even more so. Why not? Why not? Steve? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Filmsnork uh, to varying degrees. I just don't have the time to do it lately, but I'll be back. Um and uh, also listen to the verse where the uh, the big holiday special is coming up in the coming weeks. It should be uh, the most holly jolly holiday special you've ever heard from space. Um, and uh, you know what? I, I'm just going to – my brain's f- frozen, uh, but uh, let's go Aubrey Plaza. Let's uh, let's have that big surprise because I wouldn't – I wouldn't be uh, – I'd be quite pleased if it happened, but – Fingers crossed. Fair. Um, that's the one I was going to pick, so I'll pick another one. That's oh, really? No. I, I mentioned it earlier, but yeah. I'll, oh, listen, okay. it makes me have to pick another one. So I was fine. probably sleeping at um, the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. You can find uh, Ward Raider on several things, our names, respectively. Now, um, so the alternative to the out-of-nowhere you know, breathing life into a campaign of someone who's not going to get nominated, but maybe it's good for their career thing. The other side of the coin is the well-liked nominee showing up in something mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. didn't expect him to do. So uh, I'll throw out um, Jessica Chastain and the Good Nurse. Mm. Just sort of off the, the beaten path in terms of what's going to happen with Oscar, but it just takes up a spot, essentially. We will see. Uh, so, with that, Miles will head off into his uh, holiday vacation. Have fun. Uh, let us know what you end up watching. I um, suspect not much of anything, but I will be seeing Avatar tomorrow. Okay, cool. Well, you'll have Avatar and, and whatever you saw. In, the in, in 2D? Yeah. In 2D in a regular size theater because there's no IMAX wow. option with no 3D, which I'm a little pissed about. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and... Uh, so next week we'll do an interview episode. We'll have uh, my Brendan Fraser conversation and Steve and I will select some other interesting ones to throw out there. And then the week after Steve and I will figure out something fun to close the, uh, the year with. Um, probably just quizzing Steve on, on things that he can't do. Well, it'll be just arm and white for two hours. <laughs> oh God. Oh no, no, we wouldn't do that to you guys, but uh, there'll be more arm and white soon. Cause you know, what's coming if it hasn't already came. His annual better than list. Oh well, we gotta dissect that in agonizing detail. I mean, we—I ha- mean, it's kind of our thing at this point. 
Yeah. Um, yes. In the meantime, we'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. There'll be an episode next week that'll be interviewed. So however you want to quantify that, you can. In the meantime, stay safe. Enjoy the impending holiday. Um, Steve, you'll be uh, spending time with your family as well. I and, shall be. Uh, I'll be eating Chinese food. Uh, there we go. So until then. We will see you guys and girls at the movies. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.